Three Counties Radio. It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Hertfordshire woman's fight to keep her Ministry of Defence home, woman raped in Milton Keynes pub car park and warning over this year's flu vaccine. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire woman's fight to keep her Ministry of Defence house could be brought before the Supreme Court. Helen Nicholas, the ex-wife of an RAF officer, was served with notice to leave her Bushy Heath home by the Ministry of Defence back in 2008. More from you and Duncan. Helen Nicholas was married to a Royal Air Force squadron leader until their divorce and says she'll be homeless if she's eventually thrown out of the three-bedroomed house in Bushy Heath. The Court of Appeal ruled this week that the Ministry of Defence was within its rights to demand her departure, but judges ordered that Mrs Nicholas's eviction be put on hold, allowing her to apply for permission to submit a further appeal to the Supreme Court. Police are investigating a rape in Milton Keynes which happened in a pub car park on Tuesday night. A woman in her 20s was was sexually assaulted in the car park of the Eagle pub in Eaglestone at about 10.20 by two men she didn't know. She then ran back to the entrance of the pub where she met a friend. The health think tank, the King's Fund, has published a highly critical report on the government's changes to the NHS. It describes the changes which came into force in 2013 as misguided, but says Labour claims of widespread privatisation are exaggerated. Health officials say this year's flu vaccine has been effective in only 3% of cases against the main strain in Britain this winter, rather than the usual 50%. The strain is especially harmful to elderly people. Nigel Mathers is from the Royal College of GPs. If you are unfortunate enough to get flu, then the symptoms are different from the common cold. There are sudden high peak in temperature, there are muscle aching, you feel really terrible. And in those circumstances, if you are one of the vulnerable groups, that's somebody who has a pre-existing illness, then that's the time to ask your doctor for help. Three teenagers are among four people arrested by police investigating Wednesday night's fire at the old Buckingham Town Football Club. A 24-year-old man, a 16-year-old boy, a 17-year-old girl, all from Buckingham, and a 15-year-old boy from Stowe have all been arrested in connection with the suspected arson. Around 50 firefighters tackled the blaze in the old clubhouse. Officers from Hertfordshire Police will be visiting schools next week to encourage children to be safe when using the internet. The visits are part of a global campaign called Safer Internet Day which starts on Monday. More from Barry Caffrey. The county's constabulary will be issuing messages on social media, informing people on how to stay safe online and signposting them to websites offering further help and advice. Internet Safety Day is an opportunity to remind everyone, but especially younger people, that the internet is a safe environment when used with caution. The general advice being offered is for children not to do things online that they wouldn't do in public. In sport, rugby's Six Nations Championship starts tonight with Wales versus England in Cardiff. The weather bright and dry with some sunny spells but feeling bitterly cold in a strong northeasterly wind. A maximum temperature 5 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Every sensible dog owner, I feel, would like their dog to be an obedient and therefore happy companion. And it is with this object in mind that I am making this record. The correct use of the choke chain and lead. The first lessons in obedience must be to teach your dog to sit, 
and to walk the heel without pulling on the lead. To teach this kindly, you will need a wide-linked choke chain which slips easily over the dog's head. More from Barbara Woodhouse throughout the show, guys. That's a record that I stole, found, liberated, oh, from downstairs here at the BBC. Coming up on the show this morning, Kelly Betts. Hello. Matthew Lockwood. It's Friday, it's Friday, it's Friday. We're gonna have some fun. And Catherine Boyle. Oh, sorry. There you go. No, you're welcome. Uh, also coming up on the show, Define X's, Dodgy Texas, and Tyrannosaurus Rexes. We can't do that. That's too scary. Drop the last story. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's also, um, hang on a second. To make the straight chain into a collar. Yes. Hold one ring in the right hand. <laughs> Come here. And allow the chain to hang down. Let me yeah. just slip that over. Hold the other ring in the left. This is the soundtrack to Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> through the ring held in that hand until the rings meet. Oh. <laughs> Before putting it on your dog, oh. place the chain That's on your That's what we're calling him, is it? <laughs> To check that the running end is pulling upwards. Thank you, Barbara. It's Vinyl Friday, so we only play records. Uh, we, let's start the show with a, with a, a tune. What have you got for us, Boyley? Yvonne Baker, you didn't say a word. Oh, OK. It's a Northern Soul classic. It's like in the top five of all time. We like a bit of this. All the music you're going to hear today comes from uh, uh, from records. Also, what's happening at half past seven, Boyley? Don't know. Anyone could come in. Oh. It could be you. Yeah, if you want to turn up, 1 Hastings Street, Luton, come turn up, knock on the door, and you come sit in the studio with me and Catherine. You know, if you've got nothing else to do. Yeah, I do, again, it's that thing, I, I have a sneaking suspicion, well, someone's been in touch on Twitter and someone's been in touch on the email, so... But you don't have to... Hang on. You don't have to give us notice. No, just turn up, and no. Um, 08459 555. We'll start the show proper after a little bit of this.
Lovely, isn't it? It is a Who bit. Who is this? Yvonne Baker. See, this is Northern Soul, is it? Yeah. I don't really know Northern Soul. Well, they're getting no play in America because right. of, uh, you know, the civil rights thing. I think someone else, someone else out there will know more. Yeah. So they made a lot of money over here. I always thought Northern Soul, and I genuinely thought this came from Newcastle. Well, it was it's Wigan. It's um, you know the clubs up north. Oh, so working men's clubs, right. and the kids would go and have a. And a is that Wigan. why it's called Northern Soul yeah. because of British Northern? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that funny? But Isn't here, of course, funny? you've got the Cali Ballroom, Dunstable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big thing. Lots of people, you know, in their sort of 50s, 60s round here love a bit of Northern well, Soul. Maybe there, well, maybe there's someone listening who can explain the history of Northern Soul, please, because it's something that is a genre I know nothing about, but you're, now that we're playing loads of records and we keep nipping off to uh, Andy's I Vinyl Revolution in uh, Luton, uh, I'm, you're exposing me. And I wish you'd stop that, because it's cold. Yeah. Now, a Hertfordshire woman is fighting the Ministry of Defence's attempts to evict her from the married quarters she once shared with her ex-husband. Helen Nichols, uh, sorry, Helen Nicholas was given notice to quit the house in Bushy Heath following her divorce from a Royal Air Force squadron leader. Um, in 2008. In 2008, thank you. Well, she's determined to stand her ground. Catherine, uh, the, the rules are clear on this, aren't they? Those houses are for forces families only. Well, you'd, you'd think so, but since this has been going on since 2008, obviously there is, uh, there is ground for a debate here. Helen Nicholas is refusing to go. She says the MOD is infringing her human right to a home and family life. I mean, this is the stand she's taking in court. Meanwhile, lawyers for the MOD say that the security of tenure for people like Helen Nicholas would interfere with military effectiveness. In other words, the nature of the job is that these people can be posted off all over the place with very little notice, something that just wouldn't wash in another form of uh, work, but it's something you sign up for when you join the forces. Now, Helen Nicholas insists that the MOD's position is discriminatory. Uh, well, what's her lawyer saying? I'm guessing that he's, he's uh, you know, obviously putting up a good fight. Well, uh, we're talking about Tony, Toby Vanagen, Van Hagen. He says that she's lived at the property for years. Van Hagen, great. She's man. gone through a difficult divorce and has no other com accommodation if she's evicted. He says that she risks becoming street homeless as she's unable, uh, she's unlikely to obtain help as a homeless person. It is. I guess the confusion thing here is, is if if that you are a traditional couple, and by that I mean you have the the bloke that goes out and works, and the the wife is the housekeeper. If if there is a divorce, then the bloke has to um, house the wife because she sacrificed her career to support him. But they're living in forces accommodation, which means they don't pay quite as much rent as a regular Blimey. person. But the you know the caveat is you know we could uh, fly you off to Cyprus in two weeks' time and you can't moan about what it. What time am I speaking to the MOD, the Ministry of? Well, uh, uh, mm, we oh. did ask for, to, for someone to come on air this morning. They declined. They sent us a statement though saying that we cannot discuss the details of individual cases. What? Her service family accommodation is provided to entitled personnel and their families. When a resident is no longer entitled to live in the accommodation because of a marital breakdown or they've left the military, then it is made available for the next service family. What happens now? Supreme Court judges will now decide whether to hear Mrs Nicholas's appeal after it was uh, considered by the Court of Appeal this week. Ju judges decided that Mrs Nicholas's right to occupy the house had been properly ended and that the Ministry of Defence was within its rights to demand her departure but they ordered that Mrs Nicholas's eviction be put on hold, allowing her to apply for permission to appeal further to the Supreme Court. Uh, her barrister told us that this might happen before the end of the year, but it's unlikely to happen before summer. And what happens between now and then? She just stays there, I guess. Well, I mean, the lawyers seem confident that the Supreme Court will hear the appeal as it's something of a test case, but if they refuse to consider it, her barrister says they'll look at European courts in Strasbourg. So, I mean, they're not, so they're not ready to give up the fight. This means that the case will be considered on the human rights legislation once all the avenues under the domestic legal system have been explored. And Toby Van Hagen said that the government is likely to consider changes in 
the law to prevent okay. this kind of thing happening in future. Your thoughts, please. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Do you like a bit of lulla? Yeah. Let's have some lulla. That's there we go. Yes. Don't have a lot, but with me that's fine. Whatever. Tell me what to say Lulu's 60s output because some of it written by Neil Diamond there ladies and gentlemen some of it is excellent there's a, there's a, there's a lot of trash in there we kind of we all think of her now as uh, as the Freeman's catalogue no hang on a second what how old am I we all think of her now as uh, just being an old woman with a young woman's face mm. and take that maybe men of my Doesn't generation good? men of my generation hark back hark back to the Freeman's catalogue right but she would she did some good songs in the 60s I quite like to sir with love even though it's yeah. not a, a PC not, not appropriate now not with what's going on in the news these although days although she's saying that she's left school now and she's ready for and also uh, it's the girl to the t- it's the, the pu- female pupil to the male teacher which as we know with regards to recent uh, uh, court cases is okay uh, also I like I'm a tiger I'm a tiger yeah. do you know that one Kat? yeah oh I don't know it no do you know that one Keth no. Do you know that one, Kathy? No. No. Do you know that one, Kath? Kath, do you know that one? Why are you looking at me by I'm, saying a different name? I'm saying Kath. I'm asking Kath. Do you know that one, Kath? You're saying Kath like Barbara Woodhouse would do say. You, okay, sorry. Do you know that one, <laughs> Catherine? Shut up. No, I don't know it. Kath. How does it go again? What about you, Kath? 
Catherine. <laughs> okay, sorry, KB. What do you think, KB? Which one? Catherine Boyle. Sorry. <laughs> How does it go? I'm a tiger. I'm a tiger. tiger. Oh, what, a tiger. I'm a tiger. I'm a tiger. What's that again? I'm a tiger. I'm a tiger. Do you know that one? No. Matt, do you know that one? <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Amersham, having a look at the speed sensors on the A404 Wheldon Lane. That's moving fine at the moment, but there are some roadworks going on at the junction for new roads. That could cause some delays later on. In Hartford, it's all moving well at the moment, but there are some roadworks on Ware Road at the junction for Rowley's Road. That could cause you some delays as well. Looking at the um, the A5, that's looking a little bit slow on the speed sensors, approaching the M1 from Mark Yate, but there are no delays showing up on the M1, and it's all clear so far on the M25. On the trains, no delays of any longer than five minutes showing up on the departure boards. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three County's Radio. Thanks so much for 6.17, it's Friday the 6th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire woman's fight to keep her Ministry of Defence house could be brought before the Supreme Court. Police are investigating a rape in Milton Keynes, which happened in a pub car park on Tuesday night. And health officials say this year's flu vaccine has been effective in only 3% of cases against the main strain in Britain this winter. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you've missed any of the programmes here on BBC Three Counties Radio, you've missed things like this. Well, no, you're from the... Uh, you can give, it, give me your opinion for, as someone from the British Parking Association. Is it unfair? Well, there are so many different instances that... OK, here's an instance. Before then, in this part of the programme, I'm going to meet Sam Ackerman. Now, she's from High Wycombe. And at her heaviest, she weighed 21 stone. Yeah, I just, I think I had everyone around me just, just love me enough to, to accept the way I was. But there is a way you can hear it all again. And I used to have to put up with the house band who couldn't read my music very well and doing a lot of songs I didn't particularly want to sing anyway. But the question is, Elkie Brooks, do you still do bar mitzvahs? BBC.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio. Now, if you want to stay married or keep your relationship alive, should you avoid Facebook? Allowing you to listen to what you missed bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio
English now. Guys, can we have a quick woo from the BBC on the National Express coach this morning? Give us a quick woo. Go on. BBC Three Counties Radio. All the music today is being played on records. Good old-fashioned records. Now, Hertfordshire Police are sending officers into schools to advise kids against compromising pictures, sending compromising pictures to each other online. It's part of a national campaign to remind teenagers that what can seem like a little bit of fun can actually have serious consequences, not least being a potential sexual offence. I'm joined now by John Carr, who's a member of the uh, Government Advisory Board for the UK Council for Child Internet Safety. Morning, John. Morning. Uh, How important is it to uh, ensure our kids are kept safe online? Extremely important. Um, The internet, mobile phones, tablets, these are everyday part, uh, part of everyday life now for the overwhelming majority of kids, and they need to know that whilst there's a huge amount of good stuff and fun stuff you can do with the technology, you can also get into some pretty serious trouble if you don't know, if you don't watch yourself. And, and not just trouble with the law, trouble with everybody else. Well, uh, how, we're talking about kids sending uh, mucky pictures yeah. of themselves to each other. How, how do you stop that? Well, the first thing is, is to impress upon them, first of all, that uh, it's a crime. Uh, anybody that makes a picture, and it's called technically it's called an indecent image uh, of a child. Anybody who makes an indecent image of a child, that means anybody under the age of 18 uh, and publishes it has committed a crime. There, and that could mean they end up on, or will mean, they'll end up on the sex offences register if they are arrested and charged. Well, hang on. So if a 14-year-old takes a picture of his bum and sends it to another 14-year-old, and I know it's a little bit more than that, but I'm also aware we've got young ears listening, yeah. that 14-year-old who takes the picture could become a, end up on the sex offenders register? Yep, it has happened. Uh, really? A 14-year-old girl in Nottingham last year who, who did something a bit like that, a bit more than that, yep. in the same vein, and the police up there decided to uh, give her a caution, which meant she ended up on the sex offences register. It's automatic, by the way. If, you, if you're charged or cautioned, you automatically go on the register. Surely someone like that doesn't need to be criminalised. They need, um, I don't know, help. No, and in fact, it, the, the Association of Chief Police Officers official guidelines, that is what they say, that, that in normally the police wouldn't prosecute or caution. But the point is they do have a discretion to do that. Um, and that, that case in Nottingham wasn't the first, but they are quite rare. But the point yeah. anyway, kids need to know, 
if they do this kind of thing, they could end up with a criminal record. And not just an all, not, not a small thing. You end up on the sex offences register, and that could uh, have life, you know, lifelong consequences for you. Whose responsibility is it initially to impress this message? The parents, the schools, the police? Everybody has a responsibility for it. The, the internet companies, uh, they're doing their bit. Uh, there's this national campaign that you've just referred to. That's what the Hertfordshire police are responding to. Um, that's emphasising that, you know, parents, schools, everybody's got a responsibility to help keep kids safe, and that, part of that involves ensuring that kids are at least aware of what some of these issues are. Mm. Coppers going into school to talk to young people, is that going to... I remember a police officer coming into my school when I was, I guess, about 15, talking about drugs, and he had loads of drugs with him, and we're all going, look, he's got a bit of hash, look, he's got... And we were... And we were it, we weren't taking it in the way it was intended. We didn't hear his message. And young people often don't hear the message of police officers, do they? Some do, some don't. You were obviously a very naughty boy. Well, so. I wasn't. Well, I, I became <laughs> naughty, shall we say. I wasn't that naughty then, but yes. So, no, you're right. There's always a slight risk whenever you do anything like this that you're making people aware of stuff that they'll think, oh, I'll try that. But the, I think the great majority, in the great majority of cases, kids will think, oh, I'm glad I know that. Yeah. And by the way, it's not just about the law. I mean, the embarrassment of these, these pictures tend to end up you know, being circulated yep. to the whole school, and there have been some terrible instances where kids have felt so overwhelmingly embarrassed and stupid about it that they've killed themselves. So never mind oh, criminal records. Yeah. It's, it's the other damage that can be done. Uh, as and well. also, there's, I mean, there is that extreme of it. But but we are there. there are a generation, that, you know, growing up, entering the workplace, that, that have always had the internet, have always had smartphones around them, and it's affecting their. Uh, career choices. One uh, the, 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 the suggestion that springs to mind. Remember that young lady that was going to be <clears throat> um, Paris Brown or somebody yeah. who was going to be the, the the youth crime czar or something. But yeah. a year before, she posted some nonsense on Twitter, so she got booted out. And that's that's going to have an effect, isn't it? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's now an established uh, norm by employers that they will troll the internet. Uh, looking for anything that they can find out about you. Blimey. And uh, I think that's wrong, uh, you know, because when kids put these silly pictures up, they're not making a job application, they're just messing about with their mates. But it's there forever. It could be there forever, and it could have lifelong consequences. In, in, a, in the United States, where this has been a much bigger deal and the police are much less forgiving, you know, kids who had university places suddenly found that they'd been taken away. Kids who had uh, apprenticeships in the army or whatever, and a career stretching forward, suddenly it was gone. Uh, and it's, it's, I mean, it's very, very harsh uh, over there, and we're not that bad over here. Yeah. But it can not, nonetheless have those sorts of consequences that last forever, so don't do it. John, uh, interesting talking to you. Thank you. John Carr, member of the Government Advisory Board for the UK Council for Child Internet Safety. That's a long title, and I like long titles. <clears throat> uh, I do... Um, and of course, it's, we've got to tell you, you know the, the the youth of today has got lots to say. It's our life, it's our future. But we've got they've got to know that posting mucky pictures of themselves or sending them to their boyfriends when they're 13, 14, 15 is a nonsense. Uh, it's interesting, John. They're suggesting that young people would listen when the coppers went in. The, the people, in my experience, the young people that would listen are the people that would not send these pictures. Anyway, yeah. we we thought it was hilarious. A couple brought in a block of hash and some acid. We could we thought it was, I mean we, we, I wasn't doing drugs at the age of fifteen. Some of my friends were, but we uh, we thought it was hilarious. We couldn't believe it. Just laughing at them and making jokes.
I also think that kids these days look up to the sort of celebrities and they're doing all sorts of that, aren't they? <laughs> hey, Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get Rihanna to send some selfies of herself with, I don't know, clothes on. Can you imagine what a shocker that would be? Uh, let, let's put this out. Do you know what? And we might not get any phone calls on this. We might not for the first hour. But uh, where has the internet backfired on you? 08459 555555. I got suspect when I worked at another radio station... Um, I got suspended for a week and was uh, prevented from meeting Bruce Willis. I was on my way to a Bruce Willis interview when I got a phone call from my boss because I'd slagged off British Gas on Twitter. British Gas, had, um, had, they'd come round to service my boiler and the boiler had broken and it had flooded the flat downstairs while I'd been on holiday. I was a little bit peeved. Yeah. So I'd had a little rant on, on Twitter. Uh, and my it was boss, all true. It was all true. And my boss phoned up and said, uh, Ian, sorry, why are you slagging off our biggest sponsor? <laughs> I said, I didn't know. I absolutely didn't know. <laughs> and he said, well, you must have known. It's, it's, um, the, it's the sponsor of The Breakfast Show. And I didn't listen. <laughs> and I was getting totally busted. Uh, and I got suspended for a week or two weeks, I think, because um, I'd slagged off their biggest sponsor. Did you yeah. get your boiler sorted, though? Uh, I, uh, I, I, I switched providers. <laughs> oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. When have you been caught out by the internet? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Having a look at the speed sensors, it's a little bit slow coming into Luton on the A505. In High Wycombe on Marlow Hill, there's some temporary traffic lights just before Marlow Road, and that could cause some delays later on, just before the Leisure Centre. And in Middenham on Bramham Road, eastbound there's some roadworks between the A428 and Paula Radcliffe Way, so that could get busy later on as well. Looking at the motorways on the cameras, it's looking all clear on the A1M, and no reports of any problems on the M25. And on the trains, there are no major delays showing up on the departure boards. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A Harvardshire woman's fight to keep her Ministry of Defence house could go before the Supreme Court. Helen Nicholas, the ex-wife of, of an RAF officer, was served with notice to leave her Bushy Heath home by the MOD back in 2008. Police are investigating a rape in Milton Keynes, which happened in a pub car park on Tuesday night. A woman in her 20s was sexually assaulted in the car park of the Eagle pub in Eaglestone at about 10.20 by two men she didn't know. And health officials say this year's flu vaccine has been effective in only 3% of cases against the main strain in Britain this winter rather than the usual 50%. The strain is especially harmful to elderly people. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes Dons have won both Football League awards for League One for January. Carl Robinson is Manager of the Month. Deli Alley is Player of the Month. Watford's Odion Nigalo, Luton's Andy Drury, and Wickham's Matt Ingram missed out after being shortlisted. But Dons boss Robinson says it's not about individuals. We will be doing a picture as a team with, with the awards. Right. It will be me and all my staff and all of my players with the two awards in front of all of us. That's what we are. We're a team is together. We understand that we get the award for, for obvious reasons, yeah. but it's not because of me. It certainly isn't. So I think it's a nice touch of me and Delhi that we but we want to pitch with everybody. In tomorrow's matches, Watford host Blackburn in the Championship. Alman Abdi and Fernando Forestieri could return after injury. It's second versus first in League One as MK Dons host Bristol City. Former skipper Keith Andrews will be in the Dons squad after his lone arrival from Bolton. In League Two, Luton go to Oxford with new signings Ryan Hall and Nathan Adua set to feature. John Stiller's signed 18-year-old Adua on loan from Tottenham. 
The first time I spoke to him, he wanted to thank me for the opportunity of coming here. I know that he's very highly rated at, at Tottenham and he's thanking me for giving him the opportunity to come here. So that tells you a little bit about the, the lad. He can go inside, he can go outside, he can go off of both feet. When I say pace, I'm, you know, he really has got tremendous pace. Also in League Two, Wickham go to Cambridge and Stevenage are away to Mansfield with new loan signings Bruno Andrade and Danny Johnson available. Rugby Six Nations Championship starts tonight with Wales versus England in Cardiff. Bedford Rugby Club are at home to Plymouth tomorrow. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at seven. Sit and stay exercise. The next exercise is to teach your dog to sit and to remain sitting when you leave him. But remember, sitting is a tiring position for a dog. Therefore, he should not be made to sit and stay for longer than two minutes. If required to stay longer than that, put him into the down position. To teach a dog to sit and stay, Attach a long cord to his choke chain collar on the running end ring. Put him at the sit on your left hand side. Give the command prefaced by his name, Peter sit, stay. And move to the front of him, facing him with the first finger of your right hand held up as a warning to him not to get up. Repeat the command, sit, stay, and give a quick flick of your finger as you say it near his face. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> that is already proof. I found that yesterday downstairs. That has already proved to be the greatest record ever made. I can't imagine there. why we've got that as a radio station. Did we just put that on and go to the pub or something? Now, remind me, is excerpt from a teenage opera any good or is it rubbish? Isn't that um, Grocer Jack and all that? Yeah. Rubbish? Rubbish. Well... Oh, so there's a good one on here. We'll have that in a minute. Have a go. No, we'll have... Uh, you like that, don't you, Kells? Grocer Jack? You like yeah. that? I knew there was someone here who did. No, I guess on my wick. Well, it's the song from my childhood. Well, we might have it in a minute, then. You're not going to play it. I know you're not. What you got in the papers? I oh. got the papers, so oh, I can't tell it. you. I, I do like the fact that Fridays have become very ramshackle. But, um, As opposed to the very slick Monday to Thursdays. Oh, aren't they good? I tell you what, I tell you what. Kelly? You introduce a song, my darling. This is a song brought to you by Ian Lee, played on vinyl. Happy now? Yeah. the days into years Yes, 82 brings many fears Yesterday's laughter turned to tears His arms and legs don't feel so strong His heart is weak, there's something wrong Opens windows in despair Tries to breathe in some fresh air Conscience cries, gets on your feet Without you, Jack, the town can't eat Grocer Jack, Grocer Jack Get off your back, go into town Don't let them down, oh no, no 
Listen. Yeah, but he's lying dead on the floor in the grocery oh, shop. But it's beautiful. Listen to that horn. I think he's nicked it from Penny Lane. Good for him. <laughs> Excerpt from a teenage opera. And do you know what happened to the rest of the teenage opera? I don't think he did it. Let's just get the book. Lost interest in it. He lost interest in it, yeah. Yes, he did. Who was that fellow? You, that's one of your favourite songs, Kels. You were miming that all the way through. I like that. Keith West. Sad, though, isn't it? It is sad. It is, it is sad. The 60s were very, very sad. Yeah. Here's the thing I was thinking, yeah. right? You know um, the 60s music was so great? Yeah. It wasn't. Most of it was rubbish. It Because we all think, oh, the Beatles, the Kinks, the Hoots, oh, the Stones. No, but that's why they were such a relief, because the rest of the music was uh, dire. But most of it's... Oh, I've just seen what this record's called. What's it called? Savile's Time Travels. I don't think we can play this. <laughs> Flippin' heck. Anyway. Oh, blimey. Oh, it really is. Uh, but most of the stuff on here is rubbish. Si- 
What, what's this? Simon Dupre and the big sound. I bet his name isn't really Dupre. But the sound isn't that this big either. Would... This is called Kites. I don't remember this. I bet this is rubbish. Hang on a minute. From my friends. No. Some drugs. This is what a lot of the sixties was like. If your night is dark. It's just rubbish. So Simon Dupre. Simon Dupre, I do pray you go away. <laughs> what you got in the papers, my darling? Well, you know, um, other mums at school, Oof. they can sometimes be a little oh, bit. God. But then you resist because you want to make it all nice for your kids. Resistance well, is futile. Unless you're Mylene, class. She's a really classy girl. Well, she, I don't know, maybe she's been uh, undone by Tintin. Would you like to see Mylene? No. I can get Mylene on the show. Would you like, should I get Mylene on the show, Kelly? No, I prefer you standing. Listen, this is what happened. She got an email from two of the other school mums. Yeah. And it went like this. Ladies, Jane and Hannah would prefer a class birthday gift for their daughters this year. Oh. Sarah would like a Kindle and Lola a desk. Very studious Excuse choices. Me? So if you would like to join in, please can I collect a suggested £10 from you before what? the party on February the 9th. If you prefer to send uh, money via an envelope in your daughter's school bag marked for Jane or me, that works too. I'll pass <gasps> on a voucher and card to each at the party. That's I mean, brilliant. that is... Mm, I mean, mm. that is unbelievable. Yeah, I would forward that to my mates with some kind of sweary um, hilar hilarity, but I wouldn't join in and I wouldn't respond. Mylene did. Oh, Dear all, for Ava's birthday, she's requested a real live unicorn. I'll be collecting unicorn money via her book bag in the playground or at www.getwhatyourgivenandendthismadness.com. Additionally, I'd like a Ferrari and Leonardo DiCaprio, so by all means, do feel she, obligated to contribute to this too. She could too. probably get both of those if yeah. she tried hard enough. Yeah. If you don't wish to, please don't feel any pressure from oh, the countless Mylene. emails I intend to follow this up with and clog your inbox. Love oh, and thanks. Mylene. Imagine Mylene Class's clogged up inbox. I mean, just really, that's going to be very... Very, very tense in I mean, the playground at pickup time. She's right. She's right. Yeah. I wouldn't have sent the email. She's right, but she went about it completely the wrong way. I would write the email. Yeah. I would step away from the email. Yeah. I would delete the email. No, you would send it to me and ask if it was all right, and I would say, yeah, go on, sure, why not? No, you wouldn't. No, I wouldn't let you send that. That's ridiculous. I, well, I think, but you know what? Both sides come off Badly. spoilt. Full stop. Do you think she'll go to the party? <laughs> um, <clears throat> don't like that. I don't like it. Um, weddings either. When you get the um, what's supposed to be a kind of cute um, poem saying, "Please don't give us toasters. We'd rather have your cash." <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> that doesn't rhyme, cash. Well, you don't know what went before. Well, here we go. Now, the, the Pope, as we all know, is a, a revolutionary thinker. <clears throat> he said it's okay to smack your kids. This is just after the other. Remember the other day? He, he said he'd give you a. He'd punch you if you insulted his mum. Yeah, mother. if you're rude about his mum, he's going to give you a slap. And he mind giving someone a slap. You see, the thing is about this pope is that he came across as being um, kind of yeah. uh, novel because he uh, doesn't want to sit on the thrones and stuff, and he wants to live humbly, and he's he's not living in the big palace. He's living in a small bit. But actually, he's. He is quite old-fashioned. Of course he is. He's a 78-year-old pope. He's not going to be going around saying, hey, guys, you roll a fat one. Wag you you wag one, fellas. Hey, you two fellas, why don't you kiss each no, other? I think the people that don't know better think he's... He's not even going to say, put a Johnny on it. He's not going to say anything. No, but he's got into trouble for saying that Catholics shouldn't go at it like rabbits. His decree came as he recalled a dad once telling him how he hit his kids to keep, him, keep them in line, but never in the face so as not to humiliate. Pope Francis, 78, sang the man's praises, saying, what a beautiful 
beautiful sense of dignity that story has. Yeah, not the face. Once you hit little people, you lose the fight, unless they're annoying dwarves. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1 southbound, it's starting to get quite busy from the Holiday Inn to the Stirling Corner. And in Watford on St Albans Road, looking at the speed sensors, it's not causing any delays through the roadworks on the A412 St Albans Road between the North Orbital Road and the Horseshoe Lane, but that could get busy later on. Also in High Wycombe on the A40 Oxford Road, that's moving fine at the moment, but there is a lane closed there for roadworks at Temple Street, and that's affecting both directions and could get very busy too. At the moment, no delays are showing up on the M1 or the M25, but having a look in Harpenden, it's looking quite slow in both directions on the High Street and St Albans Road, and no reports of any major problems on the trains. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 6.46, it's Friday the 6th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire woman's fight to keep her Ministry of Defence house could go before the Supreme Court. Police are investigating a rape in Milton Keynes, which happened in a pub car park on Tuesday night. And health officials say this year's flu vaccine has been effective in only 3% of cases against the main strain in Britain this winter. The main strain falls mainly on the plane. Let's get the weather. Weather, here's Georgie. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a frosty, icy start to the day, but things should brighten up fairly early on. And although we'll have cloudy moments, there should be plenty of sunny spells, but quite a biting northeasterly wind as well. Temperatures reaching 5 degrees Celsius. Now, it's a clear start to the night. Uh, cloud increasing from the northwest, bringing with it some drizzly bits and pieces. The winds ease overnight, though, as well. And temperatures should stay above freezing for many of us. A uh, cloudy day tomorrow with some spots of drizzle, feeling slightly warmer with lighter winds as well. Temperatures reaching about 6 degrees Celsius. And then on Sunday, after a frosty start, we should have some brighter spells. Not quite as bright as today, but uh, largely dry at least. Always slightly more clouds to the east. And a cloudy day for Monday and Tuesday. Now, on those days, probably a chance of a spot of drizzle here and there. But things are generally going to be feeling a bit more settled and temperatures slightly higher as well. That's your latest forecast.
I don't think he's fixing anything. If anything, he's going to break that. So he's put that hammer down. Yeah. Now someone's eye out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like killing a bee with a bazooka. Exactly, exactly what I was thinking. Um, there's a weird, well, there's a there's a weird thing in the sun today, and I showed you this. It's the strangest. Well, it's not a story. I don't know why they've done it, apart from a macabre sense of let's have a look at this. I think it's just easy. Photo craze captures poignant last moments. Moment after their selfies were taken, these people were dead. The selfie craze has prompted people to share their lives online, and just occasionally the moments leading up to their deaths too. Yesterday emerged that a pilot in Colorado had been taking selfies in the cockpit moments before a fatal crash. Here we bring you some selfies which have captured the final moments of a life. Now, wow. one, two, three, Why four, would you do this? five, six, seven pictures of people taken just before they were died. Yeah, most of them having good times, not knowing that um, death is imminent. <clears throat> this carefree selfie shows Dutch lad Gary Slock, 15, and his mum on board Malaysia Airlines flight MH17 last July. Three hours later, the plane was shot down as it flew over Ukraine. Well, what do we expect to see from these pictures? That they knew? Tragic bride... Oh, this is awful. Tragic bride-to-be Colette Moreno posted this photo of her beaming smile as she was being driven to her hem party oh, by her best friend. Minutes later, the 26-year-old was killed when the car was hit by an oncoming vehicle. What the flipping why, heck is Why this? do we need to see this and why do we need to know this stuff? Student Mohammed Shah posed for a selfie with a group of friends to celebrate the end of the school term in Beirut. Minutes later, he was killed by a car bomb. I mean, I, I know I... And there's, luckily, they've put a picture of the, uh, the explosion and of him dying. Uh, I have no idea why anyone would think, and the two people responsible for this, it took two people to write this story, Ruth Harrison and Cherry Wilson. I just don't get it. It's the most... What's the thought behind horrible. it? Hey, people like selfies. Let, let... Hang on, sell people like selfies. People like death. Selfie death! That's what we'll do. Gosh. It's just horrendous. Even Kelly Betts, who has a laugh about anything. You look disgusted. Well, I was just thinking, I think I get the, the article. OK, go on. I think I understand. It's like saying, nobody knows when you're going to go. Yeah. Just enjoy every moment. Well, <laughs> where have you read that into it? I just, I don't know. It's just what I've, I've what's got. The, what's that thing that they say? Carpe diem. No, Carpe th there's a sh there's a thing that you can put onto your selfie when you um you only live once. That one. Oh, YOLO. Oh, YOLO. 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 That's what they should have used for the headlines. They're going to be you know honest about what what YOLO. this is about. Well, the thing is, luckily, um, when Justin Dealey does die, and it, it, it could be any day now, uh, we, we'll have loads to choose from. Because he's constantly doing it, isn't he? We'll have loads of those to choose from. I think most of them won't be. My um, favourite's the one with his dog. And he's and he's got no top on for some reason. And he took there it. are uh, there are a lot we couldn't publish. There are lots of outtakes from that photo session as well. <laughs> I know because the dog wasn't looking in the right direction. What you His got? Hair wasn't right. Well, staying with death. Yeah. Zoo where the animals turned into cannibals. This oh, is on the daily blimey. in the Daily Mail on page nine. I'm just going to rattle around while you do that. Go on. Often they provide a sanctuary for some of the world's most endangered species. Yes. But one zoo is turning out to be rather a dangerous place for some of its inhabitants. A whistleblowing member of staff claims. Basically Basically, it's turned into a bloodbath. First, a rare male warty pig. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the sound that's of a sound. warty pig. Say it again. No. I know what's coming next. <laughs> serious. Yeah, serious. Go on. Rare male warty pig. What's it done? Brought in to breed with oh. a resident female. 
ended up eating all their offspring and then fatally injured his mate. Oh, blimey. He really was a pig. Then an endangered species of monkey fell into a pond where it was attacked and eaten by hungry otters. Blimey. Stephen King run this zoo. And finally, three prize birds found their way out of the living quarters and flew away. Oh, well, maybe they were lucky. The whistleblower at Bristol Zoo... Bristol Zoo, they're nuts down there. ...claimed the deaths and escapes, which have all happened since December, were avoidable, but the zoo, which prides itself on the conservation project, said all these incidents cause great distress to the keepers. I bet, it sounds gory. The first came after Manila, a female warty pig native to the Philippines, was joined by her new male friend Elvis last September. Uh, oh, Elvis left the building after yes. eating everyone. Yeah. Well, that, 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 that mirrors life. Real life, real London. Proper busy. Wow. So, yeah, I, mm, well, I mean, sometimes you have to have difficult conversations with children walking around zoos, but you don't expect to have that one. You think that that's a crazy story. Um, What's that daddy pig doing? <laughs> there are two stories here. A crazed uni student stabbed his mum before cutting off his own penis. Let's not what? dwell on that. Let's not dwell on that. Uh, let's dwell instead on the lighter story of uh, Bob Marley would have been 70 years old today. Oh, Bob. Uh, well, no, don't worry, he's come back. I nearly went to his house once. Why? Did he invite you? I was in Jamaica. No, she no, went away on accord. Yeah. And uh, we were going to go to his house, but we didn't. OK, great. Well, he's back, but on a hob. Hob Marley. Uh, Reggae yeah. star's face on cooker. <laughs> so someone needs to clean the cooker, and then now they're taking pictures Bob of it. Bob Marley's image appears burnt onto a cooker gas ring. Catherine is coming to have a look. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like gravy. Where else could you put him? The late reggae star, born 70 years ago today, was spotted by a pub chef as his music played. Oh. Fan Gary Houston of uh, Market Harbour said, it's a sign. It's a sign you need to tidy up. It's a sign. Oh, and they've done the top ten. That's health and safety. Where else could you put him that rhymes with Bob? Um... They've done the top ten, I nearly said it as well, the top ten, his hot hits. They've done this thing where they do top ten spoofs of his song. Uh, and they, they're all served with reggae, reggae sauce, of course. Of course. Number ten is this loaf. <laughs> number nine. Now, number nine, they didn't need to do this because we're jamming. It's about food anyway. Yeah. But we, they put, we're spamming. Mm. Eight, grating in vain. Mm-hmm. This is a good one. Number seven, gas mark one love. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, six is not a good one. Get up, panned up. Hmm? Number five. No hummus, no cry. <laughs> God, that's a bit, <laughs> bit no. Work. Number five, buffalo smolder. No. Buffalo wing soldier. This is a good one. Yeah. Number four, could you be lard? <laughs> this is a good one. Number three, I hot pot the sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> no. Number two, stir it up. <laughs> That's already what it's called. And number one, no woman, no fry. Oh. They all serve, of course, with reggae, reggae sauce. Deary me. Got anything else? Don't fancy that pub, though, after seeing the state of the... No, disgusting, disgusting. Armed with three cameras and a horn as loud as a jet engine. (laughs) We've got one of those. You can't make me throw to it as quickly as that. But, yes, we've got a recording of it. There it is. There it is. Cyclist Dave Sherry is the... Oh. Sorry, Kaz. 
Cyclist Dave Sherry's the scourge of motorists. I hate these people. Not just not cyclists, but these people. Carry on with the story. It, I've read it already. He's a self-appointed marshal of the road. Oh. On his 40-mile round trip to work each day, he catches every selfish or dangerous manoeuvre drivers make around him. And look at the face. It's not a glum face, it's an angry face. Right, these cyclists that have got um, uh, helmets, um, that's, uh, the cameras on their helmets, that they just go around, they're not, they're just going around looking for trouble. He looks like he is, yeah. And why is he... I don't understand what the um, orange sunglasses are for. He looks like Bono. Just make him look like Bono. Ah, right. Bono. From the, the Bono's popcorn. not very good at riding his bike, fell off, didn't he? Didn't he just, oh, he yeah. With yeah. the right clatter. Uh, the evidence is then handed to police, where it's used to take action against dozens uh, of people for offences ranging from running red light to texting at the wheel. Mr Sherry is constantly subjected to verbal abuse. Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> I was once even physically attacked, physically, to his, to his person. Yeah. The bus driver, 37, admits his vigilante role is made in Britain's most hated cyclist. Yep. He had to wear body armour at one point, but makes no apologies. I do what I do because I want to make our roads safer for everyone, he said. Get off your bike then. Hey, here's something. Uh, I'm a police officer. I'm going to arrest you. Anything you say may be... T- uh, you're under arrest. Anything you say may be taken down in evidence and used against you. I want to say something really rude. Go on. Boobs. No, that doesn't work. Right, uh, Kelly, you arrest me. I'm arresting you. And what do you want? The, to say the thing. I don't really know the order. Sammy! Uh, yes? Sa- can you arrest me? Uh, okay, you're under arrest. But say the thing. Say the thing. Anything you might say may be taken as evidence. No, no, no. Anything you say will be taken (laughs) down and used as evidence against you in court. Say that. Anything you say might be taken down and taken against you as evidence in court. Trousers. And pants. (laughs) (laughs) Pants. Cast was funny with No, you. boobs, you can't take boobs down. Pants, you can. Wait, they would have to say that. And I've court. taken my down. <laughs> and I'm waving them at you, Sammy. You see what you've done? No! Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's starting to look quite busy between junction 16 for the M40 and 15 for the M4. Having a look at the A10 southbound, that's starting to look busy too from Turnford towards the M25 at junction 25 for Enfield. And on the A1 southbound, looking at speed sensors, it's starting to look quite slow from the St. Neots junction towards the Black Cat roundabout. It's all moving fine though in High Wycombe on the A40 Oxford Road where the roadworks are at Temple Street as lane closed in both directions, so it could cause some delays later on. And the 710 service from Watford Junction to Milton Keynes Central is delayed. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Pants. They'll be taken down and used again. They'll be taken down, trousers. Do you not? Come on, Kath. Um. Oh, flip it. What's the point, eh? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Hertfordshire woman's fight to keep her Ministry of Defence house. Woman raped in Milton Keynes pub car park. And MK Don's duo win League One awards. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire woman's fight to keep her Ministry of Defence house could go before the Supreme Court. Helen Nicholas, the ex-wife of an RAF officer, was served with notice to leave her Bushy Heath home by the MOD back in 2008. More from Ewan Duncan. Helen Nicholas was married to a royal 
Royal Air Force squadron leader until their divorce and says she'll be homeless if she's eventually thrown out of the three-bedroomed house in Bushy Heath. The Court of Appeal ruled this week that the Ministry of Defence was within its rights to demand her departure, but judges ordered that Mrs Nicholas's eviction be put on hold, allowing her to apply for permission to submit a further appeal to the Supreme Court. Police are investigating a rape in Milton Keynes which happened in a pub car park on Tuesday night. A woman in her 20s was sexually assaulted in the car park of the Eagle pub in Eaglestone at about 10.20 by two men she didn't know. She then ran back to the entrance of the pub where she met a friend. The health think tank The King's Fund has published a highly critical report on the government's changes to the NHS. It describes the changes which came into force in England in 2013 as misguided but says Labour claims of widespread privatisation are exaggerated. Health officials say this year's flu vaccine has been effective in only 3% of cases against the main strain in Britain this winter rather than the usual 50%. The strain is especially harmful to elderly people. Officers from Harvardshire Police will be visiting schools next week to encourage children to be safe when using the internet. The visits are part of a global campaign called Safer Internet Day. John Carr is a member of the Government's Advisory Board for Child Internet Use. It's now an established uh, norm by employers that they will troll the internet uh, looking for anything that they can find out about you. I think that's wrong, uh, you know, because when kids put these silly pictures up, they're not making a job application, they're just messing about with their mates. But it's there forever. It could be there forever and it could have lifelong consequences. A casualty was airlifted to hospital after a two-vehicle crash in Hatfield yesterday afternoon. One person was trapped and had to be cut free by firefighters after a collision in South Way at 4.30. Three teenagers are among four people arrested by police investigating Wednesday night's fire at the old Buckingham Town Football Club. A 24-year-old man, a 16-year-old boy, a 17-year-old girl, all from Buckingham, and a 15-year-old boy from Stowe have all been arrested in connection with the suspected arson. Around 50 firefighters tackled the blaze in the old clubhouse. In sport, Milton Keynes Dons have won both Football League awards for League One for January. Carl Robinson is manager of the month, Delhi Alley is player of the month and Rugby Six Nations Championship starts tonight with Wales versus England in Cardiff. The weather bright and dry with some sunny spells but feeling bitterly cold in a strong northeasterly wind. A maximum temperature 5 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Teaching a dog to ignore other dogs. The next exercise is to teach your dog to ignore other dogs on command. This is how it is taught. When passing another dog, give your dog his name and a firm command, Peter, leave. Don't shorten your lead. This might cause a fight as the dog would pick up by telepathy that you were nervous and attack the other dog to protect you. As you approach the other dog, give a quick jerk on the dog's lead and repeat, Peter, leave! Should he even turn his head to look at the other dog, jerk him and repeat the command, leave, once again. Repeat this exercise until the dog learns to ignore completely other dogs when on the lead. Who calls a dog Peter? 
I'm jerking it just because it's looked at another dog and it seems awful, tugging I, on that lead. I think the choke lead is generally frowned upon these days, isn't it? It is. We used to have a choke lead on my, my dog. I feel terrible about it. I mean, she was nuts. So, uh, Not she, surprisingly. She was called Peter, that's why. <laughs> on the show this morning, defiant exes, dodgy texes and Tyran... We're not having Tyrannosaurus Rexes. Whoa, look at Kath's tiny little arms. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Really feeling it in my stomach from my uh, workout session a couple of nights ago. Yeah, be kicking in now. Where Edie had made up her own exercise. Where you, you know you get like the half little sort of half uh, puffy thing, uh, like little bouncy thing. Anyway, it's a little bouncy thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had to stand up holding a medicine ball, then then go down and lie on this puffy thing, and then put my arms back with the medicine ball, then bring it forward, then stand up. Oosh. Then back. Oh, flipping out. I feel it. It was, it was quite easy. At the t- I feel it now. You're starting to look quite skinny. Uh, thank you very much indeed. No. Buff. Thank you. Uh, as, as Kelly would say, as Kelly would say, I look butters. Um, so thank you for that, Kelly. Um, Kelly bit. Well, uh, any Texas? Let's have a look. I've not even opened them I yet. I do like the way. I mean, the most of the show. If you listen regularly, the, the shows generally are quite slapdash. But on Fridays, it's are just a real. They're organised slapdash. Yeah, on Fridays, it's a real. Uh, uh, don't forget, in 25 minutes, we open the the front door, One Hastings Street, Luton. If you want to rock up for, you know, even if it's just because you're cold, you don't need a skill or a reason. If you just want to come and sit in the studio with me and Catherine and, and chat for half an hour, you're more than welcome. Yeah, to. I mean, that's the only proviso that you yeah. talk to us. Yeah, just that's sitting it. there and staring at us is a bit odd. Awesome bit weird. And please don't come if you mean us harm. Yeah. That should keep them away. That should keep ISIS away. Yeah. What you got? Friday's my favourite show, says Maffin Hanslope. Getting to hear different music and the random guests that come in. Yeah. OK, not over keen on today's tunes. Oh, they're yours, Catherine, primarily. Oh, tough, yeah. Yeah. Maff. You know, we can't please... I them. left my records at home, Maff, if I'm completely honest. I, I do apologise. More interesting than the usual Beatles songs played the rest <sighs> of the week. Whoa, dude! Keep it going until at least June, as it gets my vote, Matt. Well, we're going to keep it going until March, and then we'll have a, a, a cheeky little chitty chat. Anything else? Well, David Thank in Marsh Farm says at 6.49, the volume has gone. Uh, well, well check your knob. We c- I can hear you. Pardon? Hello? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman is refusing to leave the Ministry of Defence house that she shared with her ex-husband. In fact, Helen Nicholas has been fighting the RAF's attempts to evict her since 2008. Her solicitor is Mandeep Gill from Arkwright Solicitors in Watford. Uh, Mandeep, what, what's the argument for her staying in the house? Hi, Ian. Um, well, it, really, it's about uh, uh, a suggestion from us that the lawfulness of uh, Crown tenancies, which is what Mrs Nicholas has, is incompatible with... Um, her rights under Article 8 and Article 14 of the European Convention of Human Rights. The legislation, in effect, says that someone in Mrs Nicholas's position can be evicted without a court order, and we say that that's unlawful. Why is that unlawful? Uh, there's a particular exclusion in the um, the acts that so the acts that govern uh, Mrs Nicholas's um, uh, ability to stay in her property, the Housing Act 1988. Um, and that says that Crown tenants are excluded from this particular form of protection. Um, so if you were a, a tenant in a, for a local authority or if you were a tenant for a housing association, 
the landlord would have to go to court to get a possession order. Um, they'd have to prove a ground for possession. They'd have to prove that it was reasonable um, for a court to make a possession order. And only after those hoops have been jumped through would a court make the possession order. Mick, Mrs Nicholas's case is very different because the legislation says that the MOD, the Ministry of Defence, doesn't have to do that. They can simply serve a notice at the expiry of that notice, Mrs Nicholas has to leave. So the form of protection that exists for um, local authority tenants or uh, housing associations... But, but tenants it is, it is, it is completely different from a, a housing... It, it's a completely different situation from a, a housing association tenant, isn't it? Uh, well, that's what the Ministry of Defence would say. Well, it, well, it um, obviously is, isn't it, Amanda? Because it, by the very nature of, of uh, the business that her ex-husband was in, you get given a place for a bit and then you get called off to Cyprus, then you get sent off to wherever. You, there is no permanency, is there? And he doesn't own that property. Well, neither do local authority tenants or housing association tenants own their property. But they have more um, of a claim over it than, uh, than, than military personnel who are well, kind of given it for a while, then they move off somewhere else, then they move off somewhere else. Yeah, you, you would you would have you would have thought there's an argument for that if, for example, somebody's uh, a military personnel on a particular base and there's a level of urgency in the requirement to move. But in this particular situation, um, it was a fairly stable environment. It had been for many many years, um, and so what one would think is urgent in one situation isn't urgent in Mrs Nicholas's situation. So there's no real there's no real difference, if you like, between her as having living in a property for, for argument's sake, five years or more, compared to somebody living in a local authority or housing association property for the same amount of time or less. Does she work? Does she work? She doesn't work at the moment. Uh, uh, she was, she's actually a divorced... Uh, lady, so she was worked well. She was married to um, uh, uh, Mr. Nicholas. Obviously, he was the employed individual. They broke up, and upon breakup, so it was upon the marriage breakdown yeah. that the issue arose about. Uh, well, they, they broke uh, up what six, six, seven years ago. Yes. Can she work? Some, pardon. Ca Can no, she work? She's no. Well. Miss Nicholas at the time was very unwell. Um, she's re she's remained unwell, and her health has got worse. Um, so at the moment she um, is not working. Um, can she work? I dare say she could work in the future, but that's probably a decision for her and her health as time develops. So what's wrong with her? Oh well, I think there are historically there are issues about. Um, her own personal health. I can't really go into that because they're personal to her. I, I, tell, you, I tell you what I'm asking about it, because there will be people listening, um, and obviously this is a horrific situation for everyone involved, mm. but there will be people listening and think, well, she's a bit of a chancer. No, no, this isn't an issue that... It's an issue that, that's peculiar to her, but yeah. it's a wider issue than this, because there'll be many, many people in... Um, it's not just... Um, it just so happens that Mrs Nicholas is in um, uh, MOD accommodation. But it, this, this particular issue about the lawfulness or the ability of um, uh, a landlord, in this case the Crown, to gain, to gain uh, uh, possession back without going through the normal hoops that they would have to go through if they were a local authority landlord or a housing association landlord, isn't just p particular mm. peculiar to Mrs Nicholas. It, it, it can occur, for example, to those in um, police accommodation, to those in um, uh, emergency fire and service accommodation. So still, but it's, a, it's a particular nuance that exists yeah, in law. It's a, it's a specialist we, thing. If, this, yeah, if, this, if there's not a, an outcome that she's happy with in the UK, it will go, of course, uh, to the European courts. Is she prepared mm. and able to go all the way with this? 
Well, we're hoping the Court of Appeal gave judgment um, earlier this week. It was formally handed down. Um, the hearing was um, earlier last week. We, we will be asking for permission to appeal um, onwards domestically so that the next level of appeal from the Court of Appeal is to the Supreme Court. Um, and we're hoping that the Supreme Court at national level will give um, uh, mm. what we're seeking is a declaration of incompatibility so that the current national legislation is incompatible um, in law with, uh, uh, in our particular context, the European um, Convention of Human Rights. And the government has already accepted that to some extent because there was uh, a ministerial question back in July 2013 where a suggestion was made that amending legislation is required. And that's the point in this case, is that at ministerial level, amending legislation has been mooted, but nothing has happened. So at domestic level, that remedy should occur. But if it doesn't occur, yes, there's the ability to take the case one step further to the European Court of Human Rights. Okay. But obviously we'd hope that's not necessary. Well, of course you would. And, and sorry, the verdict that came down, was it earlier this week or last week? That was basically, uh, jog on, get out. Yeah, the, the verdict, well, the, the trial occurred um, on the 26th of Jan and the judgment was formally handed down on the 4th of Feb. And, and what did it say? In, in essence, it says that the Court of Appeal didn't agree with Mrs Nicholas, um, that the uh, Secretary of State for Defence was entitled to possession um, and that Mrs Nicholas should... Well, there's the, part, the parties have to agree in order, yeah. but in effect that Mrs Nicholas shouldn't be allowed to stay in the property any longer in very simple terms. But on appeal, uh, one can ask for uh, a stay yeah. of that particular part of the order pending the appeal. Mandy, I appreciate you uh, explaining it in ways that uh, even an idiot like me could understand. It's a fascinating case and, I, and no doubt we'll speak to you again at some point in the future. Thanks very much for joining us. No problem. Thank, thank you. you very thank much. you very much, Mandy Gill from uh, Arkwright Solicitors in Watford. He was good. I like that because he made it. He made it simple so that I could understand. <laughs> and he, he took a grilling as well in the spirit that it was intended. So, well, he's a, he's a solicitor. That's what they do, isn't it? Nick in Bedford is cynical on the text. Mm. I'm sure that if the former wife of an ex-RAF officer had been the wife of a corporal or a private, she wouldn't have been allowed to stay in taxpayers-funded service family housing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Since 2008. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's fascinating, isn't it? Your thoughts on that, please. I don't really know where I sit on that. Oh, wait, 459 555 is the phone number. You can send us a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can turn up at the studio in 15 minutes' time. Will anybody arrive, I wonder? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise, it's starting to look quite busy from junction 16 for the M40 to 15 for the M4. Having a look at the speed sensors in the A10 southbound, also looking quite slow from Turnford towards the M25. And on the A1 Great North Road, it's looking very slow through the roadworks from the St Neots Junction to the Black Cat Roundabout. Looking at the speed sensors in Milton Keynes on the A421 standing way, it's looking fine at the moment through the roadworks around the Kingston Roundabout, but expect delays there later on. And on the trains, no reports of any major problems showing up on the departure boards at the moment. Smart the Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 7.16, it's uh, Friday the 6th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire woman's fight to keep her Ministry of Defence house could go before the Supreme Court. Police are investigating a rape in Milton Keynes, which happened in a pub car park on Tuesday night. And health officials say this year's flu vaccine has been effective in only 3% of cases against the main strain in Britain this winter. BBC Three Counties Radio.
Three Counties Sport. It was a mixed bag of results for our teams last weekend. Stevens nil, Oxford two. And it's a third goal for Luton Town. And this weekend, we'll have four more live games for you. Watford at home to Blackburn, the Hornets who lost last week, but that was because of a very poor decision and a sending off. MK Dons against Bristol City. Big game this one, second versus first in the hunt for promotion to the championship. Luton are away to Oxford. The Hatters are still going well and are hoping for automatic promotion. Stevenage at Mansfield, the Borough looking to get back to winning ways. Live commentary on your local team. Tomorrow from two here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, our, our guest coming on later on, Henry Pryor, housing expert, is, uh, is talking about that story we've just been talking about with uh, Mr Gill uh, regarding the uh, ex-wife of an RAF um, uh, personnel, and she wants to stay in the house the, the, that's provided by that. Henry has uh, just tweeted, I think we, he's giving away his, his position ever so slightly on this. Great interview from Ian Lee on BBC 3CR. I'm commenting on this story in an hour. Hashtag jog on. <laughs> I think he's giving away which side of the fence he's, he's sitting on in regards to that story. <laughs> it does make me laugh. Do you know what? I'm really surprised that this case has gone on as long as it has. 2008, yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, where's Locker's gone? Uh, to let people in. Oh, bl- like for half past seven. Oh, blimey. OK, I've got... I've got he can stick around for half past seven, actually, but at eight o'clock, I want to send him out. Yeah. On this Bob Marley thing, Bob... I, I, I don't get Bob Marley. I think he's rubbish. I think he's rubbish, and I've really tried with Bob Marley, just like Bob Dylan. I all think the he great was Bobs. handsome. Maybe that's part of the allure. It's. I don't like reggae. It's that fat you bass. You love it. That's cricket. Oh no, it's just it's too slow, and I know it's slow because hey man, but too hot. it's too hot. It's too slow, and that bass is too ph at fat. I like a fat bass. It's rubbish. So maybe we'll send lockers out after eight um, okay. to, uh, to, to to. Do you like reggae? Do you like reggae, or do you love it? I just I just never I've never got it. I find it so tedious, and Marley is by farly the worst. How do you feel about um, Calypso? Oh, Calypso's great! What a lot of fun that is! Fun times. Having fun there, rugby. Um, um, I prefer rugby. Yeah, oh. Do it again. Do it again. Soka. It wasn't me, Your Honour. I don't even own a water pistol. Soka? Soka. I don't know what Soka is. That's like Brazilian style, is it? No. What is it? It's more Caribbean stuff. Oh. Carnival time. It's a Car- dancing, dancing good times music. Carnival. How do you stand, where do you stand on reggaeton? Uh, on its throat. Lockers, put some headphones on, mate. Got a little mission for you after eight o'clock. <laughs> How can you not like reggae? It's rubbish, mate. I love reggae. Well, this is the one I want to send you out on uh, after. Ah, love reggae, Don Pendo. Give us no, a little bit of reggae, no. go on. Oh. You don't love me, and I know now. No, no, no. We're jamming, we're jamming, oh. we're jamming. It's the remix. We're jamming. Do, 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 do. I want to love you. And treat you right. Well, that's what you're going to yeah. do. Is you're going to go out on the street and sing that those songs to people and uh, find out whether they like it or not. Mm. Yeah, I've been on the street already as well. Oh, what? Uh, before half seven, yeah. I'm going to tell you or show you what can go wrong on the street when people don't get the question you're asking. Oh, do you get a kick in? No, but I just got some very odd, odd answers, and it's very frustrating. Very you're, frustrating. You're a very frustrating man. Yeah. Thanks. So th- yeah. Okay. Shut up. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
Staffordshire Police are sending officers into school to get schools to give kids tips on the sort of stuff they shouldn't be sending online. Mucky pictures, primarily. The idea is to flag up the fact that something that can seem like a little bit of fun can actually have huge impact on their lives now and in the future. Well, Vicky Shotbolt is the founder and CEO of the Parent Zone, a team which provides information and advice to parents. Morning, Vicky. Good morning. Sending police officers into schools to tell young people not to send mucky pics of themselves, I wonder if that's going to have much of an impact. <laughs> it's an interesting question. I think the police do a huge amount of work um, with young people trying to help them to use the internet safely. safely. So, you know, I think, I think there'll be um, some interesting conversations. The people, again, I'm, I'm reminded of um, uh, the, a couple of visits that I had from uh, police officers. One was about drugs, one was about weapons. And imagine this, a 15-year-old lad and a police officer brings in throwing stars, nunchuckers and, uh, and weapons. And we all, <laughs> most of us, were giggling and laughing and making childish jokes. And that tends to be the way, isn't it? The people that listen and pay attention are probably not the kind of people that will be doing this anyway. I think it does tend to be the way that when you're in a classroom surrounded by your mates, you do a lot of giggling and uh, you don't necessarily appear to be taking it seriously. But hopefully some of the young people that I talked to today will pick up the fact that it's not a brilliant idea to send a naked photo of yourself. Mm. Um, who's, whose responsibility is it for 13, 14, 15 year old kids? Whose responsibility is it to educate them about this? Uh, is it the parents? Is it the schools? Is it the, the, the police? It's everybody's responsibility. The internet's brought the biggest change to family life that we've ever known. And everybody, the companies that create these services, parents, schools, we've all got a responsibility to um, help kids cope with it. Uh, the, the, the thing as well, that, uh, that these campaigns often make me scratch my head because the internet mostly is flipping brilliant, isn't it? And I do worry yeah. that we kind of demonise the internet by these kind of uh, conversations. Yeah, so do we. It's, uh, the internet is fantastic and kids love it. Most of them are going to end up having careers in it and the vast majority of them are going to enjoy it perfectly safely. But there are some things that are a really bad idea and can get kids into trouble and uh, sending naked photos is probably quite high up on that list. Vicky, what's your advice to parents who might be worried about what their kids are up to? Stay involved. I mean, it's exactly the same as the offline world. Stay involved, know what they're doing, talk to them and try and instil some common sense into them. Or don't let them have smartphones until they're 16. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. It's going to um, happen in my house. It's totally going to happen in my house. Well, I, I admire, I admire you. Yeah. Um, it, it's for, for most families, kids get electronic devices much, much younger than that. No, it's usually around about no. eight. They're not. And, uh, what? Yeah, it's about eight. And, and with tablets, it's getting even younger because no. there's so many fantastic things on tablets yeah. that you can do. You can so. use, you can use Daddy's Mac. Daddy yeah. Mac. Uh, you can use Daddy's Mac, you can use my phone while I'm sat there holding you, and that's it. They're not going to give him a tablet at the age of eight. Yeah, they do. They that seems outrageous to me, Vicky. And it's not, I mean, it's back to that point about the internet being a fantastic resource. Yeah. It's not all bad. You know, this, you can learn to write poetry, draw things. You can do that, on, on, pe you can do that on pen and paper as well. Yeah, it? you can. You can. But actually, a child that grows up without understanding technology and learning how to use it from an early age is, I think, going to be at a disadvantage. Vicky, listen, we've got to move on. Thank you very much. Vicky Shotbolt, founder and CEO of The Parent Zone. Uh, wow. That begs the question. My boys aren't getting a smartphone until no, they're 16. I'm totally with you. My kids have been asking me 
money already for phones yep. and iPads. They, they have no idea what the capabilities no. of these things are. They just want to Not play games. Not a chance. My boy uh, is now saying to my, uh, to me and my wife, can you, um, can you work a little bit longer, please, because I want to go to after-school club. I said, well, I'm sure we can fix it for you to go to after-school club anyway if, you want, if your friends are going there. What do you do there? He says, well, we get to play on the iPads. I said, yeah, you're not going. I, 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 he, he will go. And I don't I'm sure mind, there's someone watching. I don't mind him playing on the iPads. He's five. I don't mind him. Of course, I don't want him to be computer illiterate. I want him to know how to use these things. He's not getting an iPad at the age of eight, and he's not getting a smartphone until he's 16. No, and I've got an iPad, and, and that's enough flipping for the household. You know, they can borrow it. They only want to play flipping Candy Crush or whatever it is on it. That's enough. I watch CBeebies on it. You can you can Done. use Daddy Mac. Who was Daddy Mac? He was Jump. Jump, jump wasn't jump. it? Yeah. yeah, I think one of them's... Um... OK. You could, well, exactly, another reason not to go online. You can but... use Daddy's Mac. You can use my... He uses my phone. He uses my phone under my supervision. I'm yeah, always exactly. there. What I don't like is the idea of them being upstairs in their bedroom no. playing on it. No, not, you're not having a computer. Well, the, the, see, my wife is harsher. She thinks 18. Well, you, at 16, you can have a computer. But you know what? I'm checking your browsing history every single night and you're well, not having any passwords on there. Why don't you just have a computer that's in a, in a communal area? I can area. teach you how to delete your history if you Say! need Say! They will learn that stuff. I would just have it in a communal area. Matt. The toilet. Yes. You've not got uh, a computer. I have. I have children. No. I don't want children until I'm at least 36. Why well, minute. That, that was tw- It was about 12 years ago. You are cheeky, 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 cheeky. I'm 30 at the moment. <laughs> no, actually, Mate, no, I'd go to your mum and ask for a refund. <laughs> oh, I'm 31. Oh? I'm 31. I don't know my own age. I'm 31. Flipping it. Oh, oh, wait, four five dear. nine four double five five double five. For just going back, what, what age would you let your kids have tablets and stuff like that? They can use tablets, completely use tablets. They're not getting one. No. Not getting one. And what age do you think matters? <laughs> I don't know my own age. Oh, eight four five nine four double five oh, five double five. You've been out. Um, you've uh, been taking it to the streets. Yeah. In light of this 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 item, I thought I'd ask people a very simple question. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What you posed earlier yeah. has the internet ever backfired on you? Oh. Here's what people said. Uh, things are good. How are things for you? Oh, lovely weather, mate. I like it. It's our weather, isn't it? Well, you've got a nice hat on, haven't you? And uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you're feeling you warm enough. The microphone? This morning, yeah. I'm asking people. Yeah. Have they ever done anything on the internet and it's backfired? Maybe posted something on social media like Twitter or Facebook and regretted it afterwards. I the mean, only thing we don't want to walk up to 70. No, 65 is enough. Right. Yeah. Oh, nice music. Yeah. What is I this know. tune? <laughs> I work at BBC Three Counties Radio. Has the internet ever backfired on you? Black Friday? Yeah, back. No, has the internet ever yeah, backfired on you? Do you not want to talk to me either? No. <laughs> just finish work. Just finish work. Out. You're chilling yeah. out, are you? Chilling out now. All right. Oh well. Uh, you enjoy your beer. And uh, yeah. yeah, you carry on then. Play that tune again. Play that tune. <laughs> Thank you very much. Has the internet ever backfired on you? You've done something on the internet and it's come back to haunt you. Uh, it's good now. Uh, you mean my internet? In Your my, internet, my yes. Yeah, it's it's okay. Sometimes it will, you know, the signal go down. Right. Uh, okay, one last try this morning. Hello. Hello, what's your name? I work at BBC Three Counties Radio. We're asking this morning, you've been on the internet, has it ever backfired? Has something you've done on the internet and it's backfired? Yes. What, what's that then? Come on, I need one I story. Don't I don't know. So, but I have to go to work now. You have and to then... get to work as yeah. well, right, so. okay.
that's what happens. That's sometimes what you're dealing with. And I thought I'd give you an insight there. Can I be honest, right? Yeah. You've been with us. How long you been doing this shift for us? <laughs> Maybe two weeks. Okay. Dealey's been doing it for me, with me, for about two and a half years. He's never once come back with something like that. No. He's always come back. If you're saying that's what happens sometimes, well, that would have happened to Dealey. Do you know why? Dealey tells him what to say. <laughs> <laughs> he says, he would you say no. you were livid? No. Please. No. Well, that will we'll, we'll yeah, send doesn't. you out to sing reggae hits. I think reggae will fly. Reggae will fly on the streets. OK, reggae, reggae can... Reggae. Uh, reggae. Reggie. Reggie, as my dad used to call it. Well, Matt, thank you, uh, right. thank you very much for that. OK. What happened to you? When did the internet backfire on you? Yeah. Yeah. You know Twitter? Yeah, I know. It's tricky. Um, sometimes you can send a DM. And, um, Thank you, Matt. you know, if you're using um, it in a way that could mean that people who like you from work or who uh, want to know what you're saying mm. at work, you know, you've got to be careful what you say. Yeah. You can't be as rude as you are in real life. Yeah. I'm quite rude in real life. Yeah, it's very rude. And Bad Kath. Being rude about someone on a DM, and I uh, posted it. Hey! I was so horrified. I was so horrified. My heart. <laughs> I deleted my account. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of these. When has Twitter, Twitter uh, when has the internet backfired on you, dear listener? I, um, uh, years ago, I once filmed an entire series of my own chat show. It never got screened. And when I found out it wasn't get screen, going to get screened, I got a bit bitter and a little bit angry. And after um, 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 staying up all night, wallowing, shall we say, I, th th there were two people at Channel 4 that were responsible for this. And one of them was actually a really good friend. And he's, he's still a really good friend. And I thought I could speak to him openly and honestly about my feelings. Oh, dear. So half past five in the morning. Yeah, always the best time. After, after a night to of share. staying up. I, uh, I wrote him an email. <coughs> a very honest, open, candid email saying, you effing so-and-so, you've... you've, you've it was all that kind of stuff. Really ranty, very angry and bitter. And I sent it and I went to bed. Three hours later, I sat up in bed and went... Oh, no, I've sent that to the wrong person. <gasps> I'd sent it to the other person at Channel 4 who I didn't particularly get on with, who uh, wasn't a friend of mine. I couldn't, couldn't use that language at all to her. <gasps> uh, <laughs> and I had to write the creepiest, apologetic email. Oh, God. Never worked I'm, Channel 4 again, Yeah, I was going to say, I'm Never sure they did Channel hold it again. against you. There we go. Oh, wait, 459 555. In a minute, we'll see if anybody's turned up. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1 Great North Road, it's looking quite slow through the roadworks from the St. Leeds Junction towards the Black Cat Roundabout. It's looking a little bit slow in Hitchin as well on Moormead Hill between the A602 at Parkway through the roadworks that are in place there. It's not looking too bad elsewhere. The A10 southbound's quite slow in Chesant from the Turnford at New River Trading Estate towards the M25. And on the M25 anti-clockwise, it's looking quite busy between Junction 16 for the M40 and 15 for the M4. And no bad news for the trains. They all seem to be running two time on the departure boards. Samantha Braff, BBC Three. Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. A Harfordshire woman's fight to keep her Ministry of Defence house could go before the Supreme Court. Helen Nicholas, the ex-wife of an RAF officer, was served with notice to leave her Bushy Heath home by the MOD back in 2008. Police are investigating a rape in Milton Keynes, which happened in a pub car park on Tuesday night. A woman in her 20s was sexually assaulted in the car park of the Eagle Pub in Eaglestone at about 10.20 by two men she didn't know. And health officials say this year's flu vaccine has been 
effective in only 3% of cases against the main strain in Britain this winter, rather than the usual 50%. The strain is especially harmful to elderly people. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes Dons have won both Football League awards for League One for January. Carl Robinson is Manager of the Month. Deli Alley is Player of the Month. Watford's Odia Nigalo, Luton's Andy Drury, and Wickham's Matt Ingram missed out after being shortlisted in the Championship and League Two. But Dons boss Robinson says it's not about individuals. We will be doing a picture as a team with with the awards. Right. It will be me and all my staff and all of my players with the two awards in front of all of us. That's what we are, where the team is together. We understand that we get the award for, for obvious reasons, yeah. but it's not because of me, it certainly isn't. So I think it's a nice touch of me and Daly that we, but we want to pitch with everybody. In tomorrow's matches, Watford host Blackburn in the Championship. Alman Abdi and Fernando Forestieri could return after injury. It's second versus first in League One as the Dons host Bristol City. Former skipper Keith Andrews will be in the Dons squad after his lone arrival from Bolton. In League Two, Luton go to Oxford with new signings Ryan Hall and Nathan Adua set to, fit to feature. John still has signed 18-year-old Adua on loan from Tottenham. The first time I spoke to him, he wanted to thank me for the opportunity of coming here. I know that he's very highly rated at, at Tottenham and he's thanking me for giving him the opportunity to come here. So that tells you a little bit about the, the lad. He can go inside, he can go outside, he can go off of both feet. When I say pace, I'm, you know, he really has got tremendous pace. Also in League Two, Wickham go to Cambridge and Steve Nidger away to Mansfield with new loan signings Bruno Andrade and Danny Johnson available. Rugby Six Nations Championship starts tonight with Wales versus England in Cardiff. Bedford Rugby Club are at home to Plymouth tomorrow. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at eight. The stand exercise. Many people complain that in the show ring their dog will sit all the time after being obedience trained. This is quite unnecessary. It is just as easy to teach a dog to stand as it is to sit. This is how it is done. Place your dog at the sit in front of you. Hold the lead in your right hand. Go backwards to the full extent of the lead and give the dog the command. Peter, stand. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Why Radio. is her dog called Peter? Who's going to call a dog Peter, for goodness sakes? You right, Boylee? Yeah. Hey, you sat opposite me. Hi. This is like proper news broadcasting. I know. And so now to uh, Catherine Boyle for the latest on the travel, because that's how the dynamic would work. I would do that there's been a murder, there's been a bomb, <laughs> and now over to Catherine to see how that bomb is affecting the travel. Uh, well, um... Thanks. So, and that's how the dynamic would work. Or kittens, I'd get the kitten stories. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, you'd get all of that nonsense. And babies. And I think maybe we should go down that line just a little bit more. I think that this is relationship is developing in too much in, into an equal relationship, yeah. and it makes the listener uncomfortable. What we should do is you start the um, introductions, and yep. I'll do the next sentence. Okay. And then you do it. Okay. And then you say something funny, and I laugh. Perfect. That sounds great. And you could bring in cakes on a Friday. Let's call it um, the one show. <laughs> now, on uh, half past seven on Fridays, we try and do something a little bit different. We're going to do it. We're going to do it for a few weeks and kind of see how we get on. And we'll have a little because there's some, there's a nugget there. Yeah. We've not quite got it right yet. There's a nugget there. Basically, if you're driving past now, between now and eight o'clock, you've got 25 minutes. Uh, one Hastings Street in Luton. 
You just knock on the door and um, Matt will come and let you in, won't you, Matt? I will indeed. Matt's over there. I'm going to stand up so I can see Matt. Uh, and you just pop in and you come and hang out and have a chat with us. You don't have to be selling anything. You nope. don't have to bring any instruments. No. Nope. Uh, don't bring any food unless it's in sealed containers. Yep. Nothing made by your children. But apart from that, welcome. Bring your kids. Bring them. We had an email yesterday from a woman called Lily who was going to bring a little girl in to talk about ice skating. We want to hear that. I want to hear that story. Uh, bring your kids, bring your pets, bring your nan. We had three dogs last week, didn't we? Yeah, we did, didn't we? Uh, we got Dave today. Morning, Dave. Good morning. Dave, is, uh, Dave has given me... He's brought in a CV. Oh! Prep. There's nothing like prep. There's nothing... Like, we'll go through that in a minute and we're going to tear this apart. <laughs> we're going to tear this apart. But you're going on holiday today. Yes. Well, what are you doing here, you plum? I was meant to be here last week, but I thought, yeah. no, I'll come in and see you. Okay, well, I know what you're doing, you're dodging the packing. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, wh- why did you not make it last week? A little bit of work on. Yeah, okay. Because not only do I DJ, but I also do a day job, but I don't talk about the you day do, job. Oh, well, you, so you, hang on, so you play records in a nightclub? I am, no, I work down in Slough. Very good place. Slough, I, well, boy, oh boy, do I know Slough well. What with me get, growing up there and getting the whatever kicked out of me several times in Slough. You might know it, the Pinewood Hotel. Uh, oh, where? No, I don't know it. That's kind of up um, towards um, the, well, Ivor Pinewood. Ivor Heath, George Green. Yeah, very posh round there. Very swanky That's round. Why you wouldn't know it. it. Hey, there was a great. No, there wasn't. There was a rubbish nightclub in Burnham Beaches in um, uh, near Slough called Henry's. Yeah. You ever hear Henry's? <laughs> and Henry's is long since closed down now, so I can speak about this freely. Is where all the fifteen-year-olds. There's always a club, wasn't yeah. there, or a pub, and I'm sure there are still these places where all the fifteen, sixteen-year-olds knew that they. If they they went in there and kept their mouth shut. They could they could get served and they could get away with it. And Henry's was the during, but it was right in the middle of the woods. It was quite a scary, uh, scary, scary atmosphere. Gosh, sounds like Twin Peaks. There was loads. I mean, there were loads of. But I remember passing um, my driving test uh, at the age of seventeen. Mm. Was it seventeen? Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, and it was a, a Tuesday morning, eleven thirty, and I got the morning off school. We were given the morning off school driving test, and my mates all met me in a past, and we all went to the printer's Devil Pub, and sank a few before going back to school. Those were the days. Uh, so you work in Slough? I work in Slough. Regular gig? Regular gig. What kind of stuff are you playing? I'm a wedding DJ, so hey, right, oh. ac- right across the board. 60s through to Monday. The only thing I don't do is dubstep. A little bit of reggae. Not r- overly keen on the reggae. Reggae's rubbish, isn't it? I know. Isn't it? Do you play Band of Gold? Oh, God, yes. Because everyone <laughs> plays that at weddings, but it's about being left on your honeymoon. Well, there are a lot of songs. Is it? Yeah. There are Since a lot of songs. Gone, all that's left is a band of gold. Oh yeah, I suppose it is, isn't it? It is. There are a lot of my my um, uh, first dance at my wedding was "God Only Knows" by the Beach Boys, one of the best songs in the world. But the first line is "I may not always love you," and my mother-in-law <laughs> went nuts because you can't play that. You can't play that. She's an Italian man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, there are loads of songs like that that get that are inappropriate. That are inappropriate when you listen to the lyrics. Is it not? Did you didn't want to be a wedding DJ when you were growing up? Did you? I started at fifteen. I was warm-up DJ for one of the biggest UK mobile shows. Yeah. What does that um, mean? UK mobile show. It's if you could imagine your mobile disco that goes yep. in a pub. Yeah. The show that I started on was twenty-eight feet wide. They're measuring shows by width these days? That's insane. It was was the old-fashioned light boxes, the big three-foot-by-three, and we had about 15 of them across the room. Yeah. And so, but, but so you did want to be a, a, a wedding DJ when I, you were growing up? I love music. I just love music well, as a child. OK, then. Well, did you want to be a DJ or did you want to be a musician or did you want to do this rubbish that I'm doing? I tried doing this. Yeah? I didn't like it. Where, where, where and when did you try? CRMK. 
Oh, now that is... Uh, is that your radio, is it? It's cable radio for... Cable radio. Used to be hearts. You can we can say heart on here. We can still, we can, we can do all those suckers. Horizon. We had a good we had a good radio. We can tell those suckers exactly where to go. <laughs> I didn't like it. There was no audience. I get the buzz from a crowd yeah. working a crowd. Horizon one hundred three point three, where I started. Where I started in radio as Ian in Black Thunder. Oh God. Yeah, flipping up with with uh, with Trevor and Helen Lee, of course. Yeah. She's now here. She, Helen was my boss. I had a little bit of a crush on her. Helen's husband was my boss. Oh, she's married, is she? Blimey, take that back. Yeah. Was, she, was he yeah, really? When I, was, when I worked in Isn't commercial radio in Peterborough. And Horizon was good. I did it for, for six months, OK, and it was they gave me a really good break, and I, I, kind of off the back of that I got the 11 o'clock show, cause, for whatever reason. But um, I, what I found, and I loved working with Trevor and Helen, they taught me so much. What I found, though, was it was, it was quite soul-destroying. Yeah. In that if you tried to do anything a little bit different, different. Yeah. you were, uh, yeah, don't, don't do that. Yeah, we I used to like do that. the entertainment news and I started throwing in jokes, didn't like that. Just want me to rip and read. Yeah. So you did that for a while. Matt, how did you get into radio? Uh, hospital radio. Uh, <laughs> and then too many people were uh, dying listening to you, and so... <laughs> too many inappropriate you. songs as well. Oh, really? Oh, really? Stay away to heaven, all that kind of thing. Did you play that stuff? Some of that, yeah, yeah. Oh, Rose Matt! You're yeah. such a naughty boy. <laughs> i got to say, Dave, you've got the loudest leather jacket I've ever heard in my life. It's, it's nice. It's No, it's a beautiful jacket. Got, it's I even put my scarf on as good, well. Good for you. Well done. That's a sensible thing. So you, did, you had a go at doing, in inverted commas, proper radio. Yeah. Why didn't you like it? No crowd. I like, I like an audience. You like the buzz? Yeah. I like the audience. People do say to you, don't they, oh, how can you talk to all those people? You don't. You sit in a box and you talk to your mates, so you talk to yourself. They, they thought I was mad when I first did it, because I, I took a little teddy bear, and I used to talk to the teddy bear. Hey, well, that's, that's Kelly's technique. Yeah. She talked to a banana. Banana with a face on. Yeah. And that, Jane, when you were doing a, 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 a BBC Introducing show, you, you found and you pre-recorded it. Mm. Is this right? You found, yeah. it, you found it really uncomfortable? Yeah, so I had to use the banana, and then I was like, well... Oh, yeah. I used to talk to the fire extinguisher. Really? Yeah. I'm it. talking to a plank, so... Oh! <laughs> Yeah. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. By the way, if you uh, want to give us a call, and of course you can. You can still turn up, even though Dave's here. You can still turn up. Uh, so I don't like the crowd element of stuff. Oh, you'd love it. And I, no, I wouldn't. I hate it. And, and uh, do you know what? This makes me uncomfortable. Having you three sat here, I'm stood up. You three are sat down. This makes me uncomfortable. And I dread people coming. I like this bit because I think it sounds good, and I think there's a nugget at it. And we may get to the nugget. We may not. Don't matter. But the but the thought and I was saying this to you this morning the mm. thought of people coming in mm. oh it, f it fills me with with terror I get like that at times really mm. but the buzz afterwards is it's great pays off, yeah. isn't it yeah. the thing is if it was a big crowd big crowds are fine I introduced the Who at the Royal Albert Hall there's six thousand people now I'm jealous that was a bit that was a piece of I got to say the words ladies and gentlemen would you please welcome to the stage the Who. That was cool. Well, no one's going to boo at that, though, are they? No, I, I was. Well, that, do you know what? It was for a teenage cancer trust thing, right? And I had to introduce BDI and the Who, right? And um, uh, when I went on, and then I had to do, I had to do a talk about cancer and show some films of some kids that have got cancer. Oh. People were booing that. People what? were booing the cancer bit of a teenage cat, and in the, I had to say, all right, this is this was cool. In the Royal Albert Hall, there were some BDI fans being idiots, shouting abuse about kids with cancer. I went, all right, lads, listen, when BDI come on, you can shout what you want at them, but now, shut the up. Wow. Royal Albert Hall, massive applause for poning those losers. I mean, if there were prizes for churlishness, that, 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 <laughs> that wins, doesn't it? It was incredible. It was incredible. So, OK, so you, for you, it's the buzz. Definitely. But, but then, how do you, you know, go into as much detail as you do or don't want, but then how does it feel when you go and do your proper job, your day job? That's got to be kind of a bit... The day job's all right. Is, is it? Believe it or not, I'm a coded welder during the day. You, what, what does that I, even mean? I weld metal. 
Really? During the day, yeah. Hey, flipping it. Well, that's, there's, there's no buzz there, is there? No. You don't, you don't well, get don't a kick out of that. Well, the buzz from the electric. <laughs> See, all right, what would you do if you weren't here? Me? Yeah. Um, and let's be honest, this gravy train is going to collapse at some point. Teacher? Yeah. Interpreter? Oh, yeah. I did think about doing that. Because you but speak all thought, the foreign, isn't Yeah, it? but then I thought, uh, no, I'd be being used by someone who was too lazy to learn it themselves. Sorry? Let them jog on. Also, if you're an interpreter, you could kind of make up what Vladimir Putin that's, is saying. That's why I'd last a day. Yeah. Matt, what would you do if you weren't here? I'd work at an airport. <laughs> I'd love to work at an airport. What? Just the planes going when the planes come in. Oh, you're the wavy yeah, man. Yeah, be the wavy man the and paddles. bring the planes in. Do you know what? Yeah, I'd love that. You look, you look like the kind of um, uh, guys that do that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. You've got, keep, yeah. you've got the face. All you need is the fluorescent jacket yep. and the fluorescent sticks, yep. and you could do that. Yep. But you wouldn't want to upset him when he's on the tarmac, would you? Where's the toilet? Over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crash. <laughs> That's I'd have some fun with that. Kels, what would you do? Um, well, I think I'd like to work with young children, little little toddlers. Like, yeah, I like people that are smaller than me. Oh, that reminds me. Yeah, oh, yeah. We've got, we've got a, my, a range my, of dates. My three-year-old was disappointed not to see you yesterday. She wants you to go and play. Oh, yeah, I'm up for that. Excellent. Give, him my, give him my deets. <laughs> OK, great. yeah, sort it out. 08459 455 555. Dave, stay there. I've got to do some business. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1 Great North Road, it's looking quite slow from the St. Neots Junction towards the Black Cat Roundabouts. And Hitchin on Mormid Hill, it's looking very busy on the speed sensors around Parkway as well through the roadworks. And in Hamel Hempstead on the A41 southbound, it's building up there between the Hamel, Hem Hamel Hempstead turnoff and the M25 Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Looking at the A1 Watford Way, that's quite slow southbound from the apex corner towards Mill Hill Circus. And on the motorways, the M25 anti-clockwise is very slow from Junction 16 for the M40 to 15 for the M4. On the train's east coast a warning of 10 minute delays between Stevenage and London King's Cross because of a signalling problem. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha! 7.46, it's Friday the 6th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire woman's fight to keep her Ministry of Defence house could go before the Supreme Court. Police are investigating a rape in Milton Keynes, which happened in a pub car park on a Tuesday night. On Tuesday night, and Hertfordshire police will be visiting schools next week as part of a global campaign called Safer Internet Day. Now let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. It's a frosty, icy start to the day, but a pretty bright one on the way. Lots of sunny spells, but that biting northeasterly wind. Temperatures reaching 5 degrees Celsius. And it's a clearer start to the night, but we've got a bit of cloud building from the northwest and a few spots of drizzle as well, but the winds should ease. And for many of us, it's going to stay above freezing tonight. And tomorrow, a cloudy day with spots of drizzle around. Uh, feeling slightly warmer, though, with lighter winds. Temperatures up to 6 degrees Celsius. And we'll notice that trend for the next few days but uh, a frosty start to Sunday still though brighter spells and looking largely dry cloudy though for Monday and Tuesday but generally a lot more settled and those temperatures not quite as cold that's your latest forecast BBC Sport huge huge game for both countries you can't help but love it it rings in your ears wonderful atmosphere the anthems were rousing the Six Nations, the friendliest of rivalries, until... Blood and thunder, the home team. Absolutely giving him both barrels. Oh, he's tackled after he kicked the ball. A surge to the... I don't get rugby. 
I like rugby better than football. I don't like it. You don't have to like... Why is it an either or? You don't have to like either no, or. But I, football's too much messing about. At least with rugby, they get, oh, get get the ball and get on with it. I don't like the sound of rugby. Really? You know, there's just like a sound about it. It just sounds too cavernous. I, I can't explain it, but there's a there's a kind of the, the roar of the crowd. It, do, it doesn't do it for me. Mm. Dave, oh. rugby? No, it's, play, it's played by men with odd shaped balls. Exactly, you see, and there's the problem. I don't get it. I don't get. Are you allowed to kick it? Are you allowed to touch? What are you supposed to do? Uh, you're allowed to kick it and throw it. So you had a crush on Daisy Donovan? Yes. I used to work with Daisy Donovan a lifetime ago, and uh, um, uh, um, that was uh, an interesting experience. Uh, it, it's a bit obvious, Daisy, though, uh, to fancy Daisy, isn't it? No. Did you ever write to her? No. We used to get, when we were doing that show, we used to get some really weird... This was before the internet was like a big thing. And we used to get some really messed up... Um, I guess I guess uh, getting a letter saying that someone wants to inject you with AIDS and send you to an island is... Mm. Uh, that could be called fan mail, could it? It's a bit too personal, yeah. It's a little bit weird. You take you got the picture, Kels? Mm -hmm. So you're going off on holiday today. Yes. Somewhere nice and warm. Mm, not that warm, Where are you but... going? Off to Norfolk, e log cabin, middle e of nowhere. Look at Locker's face, look, he's not I having it. Can't think of anything worse. Why? It's Now, to me, to me... Yeah. Do you know what sold it to me, middle of nowhere? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Norfolk, it's going to be cold, it's going to be... Have no, you got inter no internet, have no you got phone. heating? Yes. OK, well, that's kind of the, the, the main thing. And the hot tub. Oh, he's oh, a swinger! <laughs> what? Is this inside or out? Outside hot tub. Oh, mate, why do you do that? Across the patio, freezing oh. cold. Yeah, and then you get... I, I was staying in a hotel last night, and I'd set the heating to cold, because I like it cold. And uh, I couldn't even make the run from bed, the bed to the toilet to do a wee-wee in the middle of the night. So I'm not going to do a run into a hot tub. Hot tubs are associated with... And I'm going to say this, Dave. Okay. Perverts, deviants and swingers. <laughs> they are, though, aren't they? But the parents are coming with us. What? Oh! Uh, whose parents? The wife's parents are coming with us. They're not going to get in the hot tub with you, are yeah. they? Yeah. Naked? Clothes on, clothes on. What clothes? Bathing suits. It's still a little bit... It's like having a bath with your mother-in-law, isn't it? It is kind of the same vibe. That she's would... a nice mother-in-law. Oh, oh flip oh, it. Dear, 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 dear. Now, you see that? You I'm, see... I'm just digging myself oh. in here. You are totally, Dave. Now, you see the thing. This is kind of... This is making it sound like a very... You know, and I'm not implying anything at all. I'm sure it's, you have a wonderful relationship with your mother-in-law. But this is where the... Is it... Do you own this place? No. Oh, OK. It's rented. OK, well, that's... Because these hot tubs cost about 30, 40 grand. Good one's about 4,000. Oh, is it? Yeah. I've been ripped off then with my hot tub. <laughs> Boy, Lee, I want, I want my money back from the one you sold me. Uh, sorry. So why, and how long are you going to wait for? Just the weekend? Just the weekend, long weekend. See, I, the, 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 the idea right now of being uh, somewhere with no internet, no phone reception, you got telly? No. Good. Oh, dear. N what? Fancy a bit of Grizzly it's Adams. A combination. I do fancy Grizzly it's Adams. a combination of, a bit Norfolk. of Norfolk. And a what is it you're staying in? A wooden hut. It's a wooden <laughs> wooden hut. It's a lodge. It's a lodge. Why Norfolk? Why Norfolk? Because it's quiet and peaceful. Oh. You see, and do you not like that? The idea of that, Matt, having a bit of peace and quiet, being a bit somewhere silent. You're from Yorkshire. You like it, yeah? Dower. But if I want to go away, I'll go abroad. I I can't stay in this country. If you stay in this country, I just find that weird. It's it's a holiday. Go on a plane at least five hours and but get yourself. Going, it's, going, it's a weekend away. It's not like a fortnight. If it's a fortnight and he was doing mm. this, I'd say yes. The man was a lunatic. Right. But to go away for just a weekend, sit there. You take a pile of books, a little bit of the old meditation, maybe take mm. a little bit of soft music as well, and uh, you put, take a thick coat and you go for walks through the woods. That sounds perfect. Yeah, but it's winter as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. 
So, oh no, no, I, I list, you're not selling it to me at all. There's no such thing as bad weather, just bad preparation. Get the right coat, you, you're sorted. What happened with Elton John? Oh, we used to run a nightclub in Bedford called Sweetings. I don't know if it's still there. Sweetings. Opposite the Riviera Lights, it was. Beautiful, very classy and location. They very were, classy name for a nightclub. They had the ground floor club, which was your normal run-of-the-mill DJ, but they had a cabaret club upstairs, yeah. and it wouldn't get any money in. I said to them, let's pull a stunt. Uh-oh. Oh. So for a week, yeah. we advertised Superstar at the club to open it up, we, Dave, we, what are you thinking, Dave? I know. We, Dave. we hired a Rolls Royce, a wedding Rolls Royce. Yes. We found a Stars in Their Eyes look-alike yeah, that yeah. done Elton John. Oh, yeah. And we put the roll around the corner, but we didn't tell the police, and we put false number plates on it, EJ1, drove it down the high street of Bedford and yeah. pulled up outside the club. Yeah. He went in, come out. Next thing I know, there's two police officers there. Car with no false number plates on. Yeah, you can't. Well, hang on a minute. Well, that might be false advertising. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you got done for the false number we, plates. We got we got a serious ticking off for it. You should have been banged up. That's a ridiculous. <laughs> but did anyone fall for it? Did anyone go? It was packed. It was absolutely packed. Oh, this is how. This is like um, uh, th those tragic videos you see on, on the news or on YouTube of when there's like a, someone sets fire to a nightclub and people are desperately trying to escape. I can imagine a similar scene: people desperately trying to find you and kill you. Mm, it got close. But did, uh, did people was, get annoyed? It, no, it was fun because they didn't realise until about three weeks after. Oh, <gasps> they didn't even know. They thought it was the real Elton John. But then we done a George Michael one the following week. Oh, oh well, yeah, yeah, and they, he was rubbish. It was he was good as well. Yeah. But then the following week we blew it. We put Tina Turner in there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise that she was playing Wembley that night. You <laughs> idiot. <laughs> well, in some ways. He's it, genius in some ways. Yeah. In, I mean, it's, it's a criminal genius, and luckily you're not plotting to take over the world because we'd all be screwed. But uh, it kind of sums up. I don't want to say the people of Bedford, but um, it sums up the kind of people in Bedford that would go to a nightclub called Sweetings as being dim, <laughs> really. I don't like nightclubs. I don't. I don't get them. I. I, I think they're. I think they're horrible. And I'm not, you know, saying this to demean you at all or anything you do. I just don't. I don't get them. They're too noisy, and there are horrible people there, and it's yeah. all, it's all about what you look that's, like. That's why I don't do holidays when they've got a nightclub there right. or, or or an entertainment. Because the last time we went, yeah. The wife went to the bar, come back, and my head was buried in the ceiling looking at the lighting. Why? What happened? I, I just enjoyed watching how the lights work. Oh, everything. you're a geek. She went off to get another drink, come yeah. back, and I disappeared and found that I was manning the sound desk. Oh, no. You're a proper geek. I'm reminded when my sister had her first disco at the age of, I'm going to say nine, and my dad was in charge of it, and he was a dodgepot. And he, he said, I'm going to get disco lights for this. Oh, no. Do you know what he turned up with? Traffic lights. <laughs> and I've got no idea where he got them from. That was our, a good that idea. Was our very first the first disco. <laughs> he, I got, he, I don't, he probably did know my old man. He turned up with a set of traffic lights and they were plugged in and they were just <laughs> red, amber, green, and that was it. That, that was the very first set of traffic lights <laughs> I had on my disco. We used to go out pinching them. Really? That's, that's what my, my dad would have done. They didn't have light controllers in them days. No. We used to have a guy that sat there with three switches, just flicking switches all night for five pounds. <laughs> you a fan of the discotheque? No, I don't like clubs either. What do you like, Matt? You don't like quiet, you don't like noise. I like going to a pub, having a drink with a friend, really. Going out for dinner, going to the theatre, going to the cinema. <laughs> Why are you doing it in a posh voice? What was the last, uh, last thing you saw at the theatre? The theatre? Uh, Lion King. <laughs> 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 that was great. Oh, I see circle of life. Sing it. 
this, uh, all the animals came down the centre aisle and then they all went on the stage and it was Himbue, Himbue, Circle of Life. There you go, Dave. If you ever want to do the Elton John thing again, there's your ma'am. You're hired. We're going to... Catherine and I are going to go and we're going to persuade Paul Scoynes to come and see the Carol King musical. Oh, but that's good. No, yeah, yeah, no, I've seen that other time. Yeah, I knew it was happening. I didn't know it was happening so soon. So we're going to go and sort that out. I went and saw the Kinks musical a couple of weeks ago with my mum. That was good. good. Oh, that was brilliant, actually. That was brilliant. But a little bit of Carol King. Oh, yeah. We need to persuade Scoynes, because let's be honest, Scoynes is quite um, pretentious. So if we're going to say we're going to go and see a Carol King musical... Let's tell him it's about something else. Yeah, let's tell him it's a performance art installation. It's a Russian thing. Yeah. And that'll uh, do it. Um, is now the but highlight of your career, Dave. Listen, don't please. mention the JVS thing because it, it... <laughs> is what, he he's, there? But, but. He's around. <laughs> the highlight of your career. Oh come on now. This this is this is awful. Meeting amazing couples at every wedding. Yeah. Oh come oh, on. No. Oh, I bet you look at some of them and you think I give it six weeks. Yeah. No. No, no. Come on. There must be some. We, we do a thing at the end of um, January where we invite all the brides back. From the previous year. Just the brides? brides? The brides and grooms from the okay, previous good. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have a blast. We're absolute great But they're, come on, I've been to weddings of friends and thought they were idiots. <laughs> you, you, do you know what I mean? You, you see, you go to, you get invited to a wedding and there's kind of an obligation to go even if you don't like the person. You must have done, um, what's the most inappropriate first dance that you've had to play? Um, oh, I can't say, because it was rude. Oh. Really? Yes. Well, what, who is it hey, by? Hey, Sassy Bum Bum. What does it rhyme with? No, that's a dangerous um, game. Mm, I can't say. OK. That's who is it by? <laughs> Roy Chubby Brown. Yes. Oh, was, oh, was it that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. What's she and called, Alice? It was a spoof. Oh. It was a spoof. He gave her the evils on the dance floor. Yeah. And then I had to explain, no, it's a spoof. This is your real wedding. Oh. But we've got it all on video as well. Oh I tell you the worst thing at weddings, and I've seen friends that have done this, is when they've, they've spent months choreographing the first dance. Uh, have, you, have you ever had that? I've had that. Yeah, yeah, my I friends did it. My, my wife's friends did it. Yeah. And they choreographed the first dance and they, everyone was excited about it. Yeah. She hadn't realised she'd have to hold her dress up. So suddenly she's lost an arm. They had to abandon the dance halfway through. Was it YMCA? <laughs> <laughs> well, who have you seen do it? Have you seen you had friends do it? Uh, my girlfriend's uh, work colleague, yeah, and her... Uh, yeah. It's embarrassing, but isn't it? you could tune in live and watch our shows because we, oh, no. we broadcast live you on got, Skype. You've got 20 seconds here to get the plug in now and then get so out. You can, you can tune in, yep. watch us. We're on the net, T-Sound, T-E-E-S-O-U-N-D. Yep. Go to the website, all the links are there. If you want to watch the weddings, all you've got to do is go to Skype, T-Sound 1. That doesn't sound weird at all, does it? Dave, listen, nice to meet you. I'm going to have to ask you to leave the premises. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's quite slow from junction 16 for the M40 to 15 for the M4. Looking at the speed sensors in High Wycombe, and it's quite busy now on the A40 Abbey Way flyover past the University College. And in Hemel Hempstead on the A41 southbound, that's looking very busy from the Hemel Hempstead turn off to the M25. In Hitchin on the A505 Mormead Hill, that's looking quite slow on the speed sensors through the roadworks at Parkway. And on the trains east coast are reporting possible 10 minute delays between Stevenage and King's Cross. That's because of a signalling problem. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Local and vocal across
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Hertfordshire woman's fight to keep her Ministry of Defence house, woman raped in Milton Keynes pub car park and what for taxi driver to be sentenced for helping his jihadist cousin. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire woman's fight to keep her Ministry of Defence house could go before the Supreme Court. Helen Nicholas, the ex-wife of an RAF officer, was served with notice to leave her Bushy Heath home by the MOD back in 2008. Her solicitor, Mandeep Gill, says our situation isn't just confined to the military. This particular issue about the lawfulness or the ability of uh, a landlord, in this case the Crown, to gain possession back without going through the normal hoops that they would have to go through if they were a local authority landlord or a housing association landlord, isn't just p- particular mm. or peculiar to Mrs Nicholas. It, it, it can occur, for example, to those in um, police accommodation, to those in uh, emergency fire and service accommodation. Police are investigating a rape in Milton Keynes, which happened in a pub car park on Tuesday night. A woman in her 20s was sexually assaulted in the car park of the Eagle Pub in Eaglestone at about 10.20 by two men she didn't know. A taxi driver from Watford will be sentenced today for helping a jihadist return to the UK from Syria. Tahir Bhatti drove his cousin Imran Kawaja back from Bulgaria after he'd faked his own death. Health officials say this year's flu vaccine has been effective in only 3% of cases against the main strain in Britain this winter, rather than the usual 50%. The strain is especially harmful to elderly people. The BBC's health correspondent is Hugh Pym. This is because one strain of the flu covered by the vaccine has mutated. So that's happened since the vaccine was in production, so there is no protection uh, against it. And that is quite... uh, possible within the range of, if you like, forecasts for these things, but still took them, I think, a bit by surprise. A casualty was airlifted to hospital after a two-vehicle crash in Hatfield yesterday afternoon. The person was trapped and had to be cut free by firefighters after a collision in South Way at 4.30. Officers from Hertfordshire Police will be visiting schools next week to encourage children to be safe when using the internet. The visits are part of a global campaign called Safer Internet Day, which takes place on Monday. More from Barry Caffrey. The county's constabulary will be issuing messages on social media, informing people on how to stay safe online and signposting them to websites offering further help and advice. Internet Safety Day is an opportunity to remind everyone, but especially younger people, that the internet is a safe environment when used with caution. The general advice being offered is for children not to do things online that they wouldn't do in public. In sport, Milton Keynes Dons have won both Football League awards for League One for January. Carl Robinson is manager of the month. Delhi Alley is player of the month. And Rugby Six Nations Championship starts tonight with Wales versus England in Cardiff. The weather bright and dry with some sunny spells, but feeling bitterly cold in a strong northeasterly wind. A maximum temperature five degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk/threecounties. Thank you, Simon. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Friday. It's flipping cold. And there's only another 57 minutes of this nonsense to go. Coming up, ex-wife of someone in the RAF. She's staying in the house. The RAF want to boot her out. Who's right? Who's wrong? 
protecting kids from the internet and sending mucky pictures of themselves. Well, one of our guests suggested that um, kids are getting iPads at the age of eight and younger. And she seemed a little bit shocked when I said, not in my house they won't be. Or mine. No! Yes, they, they will be familiar with computer technology. Yes, they use my computer. Yes, they use my phone under my supervision. They're not getting an iPad! Not so they can pay for it themselves. Exactly! And they're certainly not getting a, a, a smartphone. If I deem it appropriate, at the age of 12 or 13, I might, might get them an old Nokia. Yeah. But that's it. Well, no, what I'll do is I'll give them 50 pence a change and say, if you need to give me a call, give me a call. Oh, hang on a minute. At the age of 12, they won't be going anywhere that I shouldn't know about anyway. 50p, where they're going to... In a phone box. Oh, Those yeah. things still exist. Do they? Yes, they do. They, they do. There's loads of phone boxes. I've seen them for ages. They are, they are great places for having a wee. <laughs> 08459 455 555. And when has the internet ever bitten you on the bum? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I've got one here. Go on. Patton Outrageous. Hi, Ian. I sent an email to a colleague in the office I once worked in complaining about one of our big customers who always moaned about something and they were at it again. Uh-oh. Got a response from that same customer saying, I don't think the email we've just received oh, was for us. Oh, ah! Oh. I sent it to all contacts on my computer. Oh! Oh, man! Pat. And it's that, I've, I can feel that knot in my stomach, that moment of realisation when either you've hit send and gone, oh, no, I didn't just do that, or you get the reply and, and then it sinks in. I once said I like a certain woman on Facebook by mistake. I don't know what I'd done, thumbs up or rating it or something. <laughs> All my friends and family now know what I've been browsing, not on Facebook anymore. Tony, not my real name, it's Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on, what websites can you give women thumbs up? Facebook. Can you give... Oh, I suppose you can, you, like, you can right? like, can't you? Yeah, I suppose. Oh, blimey. The internet is a very dangerous place, and it's still... I mean, what is it? It's... it's uh, commercially, it's not even really 20 years old, is it? We, uh, you know, we wouldn't have had it in our... The first time I saw the, the internet... Well, no, I'm trying to think. We had to queue up to go online at my college. That's at university. Yeah. I, I never went online at college. I, I never went online. The first time I saw it in a workplace was when I was at Horizon, and that was about 1997. And it was proper old-fashioned. Really clunky. And really plain. Yeah, it was rubbish. It was rubbish. I remember arguing with, with some people on a forum. I remember it was a forum. Mm. First time I ever went on a chat room was at my friend Slim's house. He was a big lad. And I pretended... Isn't this funny, the stuff you do? I pretended to be Richard Maidley. <laughs> <laughs> and I was uh, and I was pretending that I was having a fight with Judy, but I was typing the fight that I was going. Oh, Judy, will you stop doing that? Sorry, I'm, I'm with my wife Judy, and I was typing all this, and the other uh, the other person uh, bought it because back in those days we were stupid. Now we're very, very clever, aren't Back we? Back in those days, if it was typed and on the internet, it was official, right? It was. Well, some people still believe that. Some people believe that those documentaries <laughs> you get YouTube. on YouTube that have been uh, that are seven minutes long have been cobbled, cobbled together by a lunatic over dance music. They prove that everybody's a paedophile. Although some of them are actually... A, I, well, I mean, yeah, more and more of them are coming oh, true, aren't they? Oh, yeah. oh, wait, what's the phone number here? 08459 555 That's the one. Thank you very much indeed. We'll look at some texts in a bit first uh, of all, though, and we'll talk about this story. A Hertfordshire woman is fighting the Ministry of Defence's attempts to evict her from the married quarters she once shared with her ex-husband. 
Helen and Nicholas, uh, sorry, Helen Nicholas was given notice to quit the house in Bushy Heath following her divorce from a Royal Air Force squadron leader. Uh, 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 that was in 2008. Well, she's determined to stand her ground. Let's speak to Henry Pryor, who's a housing expert from Hertfordshire. Good morning, Henry. Morning to you, Ian. Uh, this is, sounds like an unusual case. It's not particularly common, is it? It's not particularly common, uh, although there are perhaps uh, rather more of these service occupancy type arrangements than one might originally uh, initially think anyway. Not only, of course, do the services, uh, Air Force, Navy and Army, uh, have uh, uh, service accommodation provided for some uh, servicemen and women, uh, but so do others in, for example, my dad, who was in the prison service, uh, got a quarter because uh, he was moved, our family was moved around the country uh, during uh, his his time at the Home Office uh, every three years, and he got a house with a job. And of course, on a more local level, uh, it's not unusual for estate workers to have tied cottages, uh, and sometimes uh, if they don't have a house specifically, then they get a housing allowance. So you kind of, you understand this story perhaps a little bit better than the, the most then. Have you got any sympathy for Helen Nicholas? Should she be allowed to stay in the house? Well, let's start at the, at the, at right at the beginning. Uh, clearly, at, at a human level, I'm sure we all have a great deal of sympathy for both the squadron leader and Mrs Nicholas. Uh, it's uh, a marital breakdown uh, is, is a terrible occurrence. Uh, it brings all sorts of anxiety and difficulties, not just to the two protagonists, uh, but obviously to their dependent children, relatives, uh, immediate friends, etc. So that's a desperately sad uh, event. However, uh, I think that uh, as an ex, uh, the, the uh, um, spouse of a, of a serviceman or ex-spouse of a serviceman, Mrs. Nicholas will be well aware, perhaps more aware than most, Ian, that with uh, that, that uh, the rights that she is uh, championing at the moment to stay in the uh, property that was provided for her husband's uh, job, that actually, um, particularly in these instances, there are perhaps a few more responsibilities. And I think that uh, whilst it was interesting and I felt uh, informative to hear the legal commentator you had on... Yes, that was her, her solicitor, uh, Mandeep Gill, about an hour ago, yes. Yeah, and he spoke very eloquently and uh, I felt very uh, productively on his client's uh, behalf. But uh, he withered, I felt, under the cross-examination he got from Three Counties Principal Inquisitor, Ian. Thank you. And he, uh, and he t managed to duck and avoid um, the, the, the pertinent questions, which were... Um, Mrs Nicholas, I mean, yes, as I say, we have sympathy for her situation, but she's been in this situation now for six years. Uh, does she have a job? Does she, uh, who is funding this uh, escapade? Um, what the lawyer was telling us, the solicitor was telling us an hour ago, is that uh, it's not necessarily really the principle of her being able to stay in the house that obviously she, she uh, is pursuing, but having lost in most, if not all, of the UK courts, she's thinking of going to Strasbourg with her legal team, at whose expense we're at this stage uncertain, in order to try and prove a point of law. Well, that's all fine and dandy if it's being done at her expense and how laudable of the law firm and of Mrs Nicholas if that is the case. But frankly, I think we all accept that probably when it comes to common sense, uh, there are some exceptions and there should be some exceptions but from the rules of Henry, the right to housing association. It's interesting possible. you say that because it, but, but if... Strasbourg that, that, that rules in her favour and, and says that her human rights are being violated by this, it, it will change uh, the nature of the, this law in this country. And, and just because you may not agree with it, others may not agree with it, others may think she's a bit of a chancer, if the European law says this is wrong, then 
we have to go by that, don't we? Whoever's paying for it. Well, we do, and no doubt it will add fuel to the fire, um, both for UKIP candidates canvassing over the next 90-odd days ahead of the election in May as to whether we do want to have this kind of level of interference from, uh, from Europe. No doubt it will also be added to the bundle of other arguments that will be had if uh, uh, David Cameron wins in May and takes uh, the country to uh, a referendum on Europe. We have to understand that there are some things uh, that Europe as a whole and the wider global um, community perhaps uh, are, are right about and sh we should listen to. But I suspect that there will be most people in the three counties country this morning who will be suggesting or might be perhaps uncharitably thinking that Mrs. Nicholas uh, has had her day in court. She has tried to persuade the powers that be that service personnel and other Crown employees should not have the same rights that council tenants uh, and social housing tenants uh, may have and that she should vacate the property and leave it for the next uh, squadron leader and his uh, wife and get on with her life. Do you think she should just jog on then, Henry? Well, I, I think someone rather cutely put it a, a, an hour ago that uh, perhaps she should just jog on. My personal view is that Mrs Nicholas has had her time and that uh, we should all move on. Henry, thank you very much indeed. Henry Pryor, housing expert from Hertfordshire. I'd love your thoughts on that, please. 08459 455 555. And yes, Henry can, is always welcome on this show, partly because he says such nice things about me. Cute, eh? <laughs> I think we were flirting there. No. Which is absolutely fine I at this time. I think he means cute as in, you know. Oh, like, okay. Cheeky. Nice uh, what you got for us? Phil's got no sympathy at all. If the okay. ex wife of the squadron leader gets to stay in that house, as well as being immoral, surely it would be setting a precedent for nobody to be removed from a property ever. Uh, and this one as well. Um, mm, yeah. It was. Uh, oh, I don't know enough about the, uh, the, 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 the tied properties system to know how big an affront this really is. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. I don't quite understand the. the My sister's enforces accommodation. They're not allowed to put pictures up. They're not allowed to make any kind of alterations that they can't undo by the time they leave. And they get marched in and marched out, and they are left under no uh, illusion that it is their home at yeah. all. So this shouldn't come as a massive shock if you split up with your husband. Well, that is, um, but that's the same with with rented property. You're not allowed to do anything. Although, do you hear the couple on Jonathan's show? They're not show? even allowed to plant things in the garden. No. Oh, okay. Hear the couple on Jonathan's show mm -hmm. on the Consumer Hour. They're in rented property. Property and they've built a conservatory. What would you do that for? I made some repairs to mine because the um, paintwork was sort of peeling and stuff. So it looked really nice by the time I left. Got no recognition for it and they still stole me for the carpet cleaning costs, you know. Hey, talk, sorry, just talking about spoiled kids. Just go, no, and, um, Speaking uh, of me. <laughs> kids, uh, kids having uh, smart pads and stuff like that. Smart pads? <laughs> well done, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's, what you mean. It's a thing in mail. Uh, we, uh, parents, rise up. We can tame today's spoilt little terrors. Say they, no. Well, say, no. say no. Here's an obvious suggestion. They turn off the Wi-Fi in your house. Yep. Turn the Wi-Fi off. Mum, Dad, the Wi-Fi's not working. Yeah, I know. I've turned it off and I've hidden the box. And you ain't getting it back on. Just say no. You've got to start from an early age. Turning your Wi-Fi off by a set hour in the late evening may not be popular, but will provide your child with a strong message. It's time to switch it off. If they have a smartphone, you'll need to take this away too. Yeah, of course. Saying that, in my step-granddad's got the telly on a timer. You know that goes off at 10 o'clock. <laughs> 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Tennis on the A404 Amersham Road, there are queues building up between Stony Lane and Common Road heading towards St Clement Dane's School. Uh, it's fit people travelling between Amersham and Chorleywood. Into Hitchin on Mormead Hill, that's looking quite slow at the parkway uh, and towards there and Wibbly Wobbly Lane through the roadworks. On the A1 Great North Road, there are queues between the St Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout because of the roadworks that are there. And in Chesland on the A10 southbound, it's very busy from Turnford towards the M25 Junction 25 for Enfield. Looking at the M25 though on the cameras, it's easing off now anti-clockwise between Junction 16 for the M40 and 15 for the M4. No reports of any problems on the M40 or the M1 either. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey. Thank you, Samantha. Little delay there because um, Johnny Late Pants has turned up early. What? Oh. That threw me. Well, I thought it'd be a nice surprise on this I Friday morning. I normally catch you with my peripheral vision running past... <laughs> running past out of breath. ...the window, and then you, I see you loitering by outside the door, getting your breath back, and then creeping in while I'm doing the third <laughs> headline. But you're here. Here I am. Oh, marvellous. I'll crack on with this, shall I? OK. I mean, I'll, you'll I'll, be, just, I'll sit quietly. You being early has made me late for the headlines. Oh, sorry. So, 8.16, it's, uh, it's Friday the 6th of February. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Hertfordshire woman's fight to keep her Ministry of Defence house could go before the Supreme Court. Police are investigating a rape in Milton Keynes which happened in a pub car park on Tuesday night. And Hertfordshire Police will be visiting schools next week as, week as part of a global campaign called Safer Internet Day. BBC's Three Counties mm. Radio. Now, now, What's you that? are looking thin, aren't you? You're losing weight. Going to the gym and I'm not eating. Those two things combined. Right. Got something for you. You got your headphones on? Yes. Are they working? Yeah. Have a listen to this. You've got a dog, haven't you? Oh, I heard your, your Barbara Woodhouse earlier. And stay exercise. Okay. The next exercise is to teach your dog to sit yep. <laughs> and to remain sitting when you leave him. Now, this one may not involve the choke change she was talking but about earlier on. Sitting is a tiring position for a dog. Very tiring. Therefore, he should not be made to sit and stay for longer than two minutes. No, I hope you've got oh. that. <laughs> right. If required to stay longer than that, put him into the down... Yeah, listen, this is the talk of the choke chain. Listen to this. This is great. This is proper dog training. The correct use of the choke chain and lead. This is, this is track two. The first lessons in obedience <laughs> must be to teach your dog to sit yep. and to walk to heel without pulling on the lead. Yes. To teach this kindly, you will need a wide-linked choke chain that sits <laughs> easily over the dog's head <laughs> with about two inches of chain to spare at the running end <laughs> When on the dog's neck. <laughs> Isn't that your your hippie mm. nonsense of, of <laughs> you know whatever it is you do? I don't know even what you do. You want a choke chain? Barbara Woodhouse says it's the fair, fun, kind way of doing it. I think I know why her dog gets so tired. <laughs> yes. Lack of oxygen. The dog's called Peter as well. Yeah. Peter, sit. Did you, uh, do you do you remember the Catherine Tate show? I when never she saw had it. No. The, the the dog trainer. No, no. Uh, with the dog Lady Penelope. Yeah. And she says she was from the West Midlands, and she said, "Now I'm going to show using the electronic collar <laughs> how, how you can get Lady Penelope to sit. First of all, without the electronic collar, watch this, Lady Penelope, sit." And of course, the dog does nothing. She says, "Now using the electronic collar, we'll try again, Lady Penelope, sit." She presses the button, of course, electrocutes it. <laughs> oh, dog, it keels over on the floor. <laughs> 
Barbara, there, there, look, we've got on the back of this... The choke chain. Preparing the choke chain for use. That's the wrong way for the choke chain. Um, but she was... We were. Was it, it was Sunday nights, wasn't it? Yeah, that we TV programme. We used to watch it. I, I didn't have a dog. But, you know, a lot of what she said is quite right. I mean, you've got to be... <laughs> dogs are not children. You've got to be firm with them. <laughs> I know, but... Display on the back. I'm so sorry. Strangling them, perhaps, not, not, not the, the best way. The second method, right, this is quite a big dog. The second method for putting a dog into the down position, right? So she's got the dog next to her. She stood next to it. Okay? <laughs> she's going to wrestle it, isn't she? No, no, no. First, place your left foot over the lead and then you stand on the choke chain and pull the dog down. <laughs> Look at that. That's brilliant. Well, if you want to, who's the fellow that you, teaches, teaches you and your dog? Mick Martin. If you want to borrow, I know he's not a fan of mine, so I won't speak to him. But if you want to borrow this and let him, Does, get doesn't he tips, like you? Uh, I was rude about he him. Does, a, he does like you. That's no, how he, he talks to everyone. I was rude about him on a TV show once. Oh really? Yeah, and he, oh. he came on here and he said, "I just want to say um, that program you did uh, eight years ago, where uh, it was eight, oh, flipping it." <laughs> right. But if you want to borrow that, or I can tape it for you. If you've not got a record player, you can play it on the tape M- machine. Mind you, car. do you know how to train my puppy to cool. uh, to go down? Um, I. Uh, <laughs> Steady. Got the police coming on next. Steady. <laughs> Does it involve your special gravy? Okay, all right, thanks. I had to uh, <laughs> just sit on the, on the living room floor and make a kind of uh, a tunnel under my legs. Oh, for goodness sakes. And force her to go under my legs. Oh. And <laughs> Who are we talking about now? Again, I've got a copper coming on next, so just, you know... <laughs> But it worked. Well, yeah. <laughs> if I say down now, she drops down on all fours. She's worried about the tunnel. <laughs> Anything but the tunnel. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. OK, I think we're... I think we're um, I think we're focused enough that we can attempt a, a, a nice straight read of what's actually quite a serious topic. Yes, it is. Coming up on the big phone in this morning at nine, do you agree with the Pope that it's OK to smack children but not round the face? <laughs> you right, Kath? We I, heard that I heard, I heard Catherine roar <laughs> with laughter. Through the, there's about 14 layers of glass between us. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. No, look, I'm not making this up. This is what he said. Look, yeah, listen to this. Yeah, just not the face. Yeah. The Pope has announced it's OK to smack children yep. as long as it's not around their face yep. and their dignity is maintained. Okay. He made the comments during his weekly audience, which was devoted to the role of fathers in the family. Mm. Pope Francis has described a good father as someone who forgives but is able to correct with firmness oh. whilst not discouraging the child. Yep. He described the attitude of a father who told him he smacks his children, but never around the face, as beautiful. Someone who knows the sense of dignity to punish, but then to move on. But to leave no marks that can be seen by social services. Well, from nine this morning, I'd like your reaction to this. Do you agree with the Pope that it is OK to smack children, but not around the face? 08459 455 555. Your views, your experiences on the big phone in from nine. I wonder what the Pope's view would be on the tunnel. Well, I wonder if he would think that was a beautiful thing. <laughs> Getting my dog to lie down through the tunnel. Yes, I wonder if he'd be up for that. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. BBC Introducing. BBC Introducing will play 
any style of music going. We want to hear everything that is made in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Rock music, classical music, jazz music, produced music, beats and dance music. We are not exclusive of one music genre. It's good music being made in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. We want to hear it. BBC introducing. The Beatles, The Stones, Gary Barlow, Adele. They were all once unknown and, and that's where we're finding the talent at that stage. BBC introducing. Every week we will take you on a journey across every genre you, you can find. Every Saturday night from 8 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh dear. Now, Hertfordshire Police are sending officers into schools to advise kids against sending com- compromising pictures to each other online. It's part of a national campaign to remind teenagers that what can seem like a little bit of harmless fun can actually have serious consequences. Uh, it could be uh, have problems for you now or certainly later on in life. And it could be uh, constituted as a sexual offence. Well, Chief Inspector Jerry MacDonald is from Hertfordshire Police and joins me now. So how is this going to work on uh, uh, Monday, Jerry? Who's going in and what, what kind of things will they be saying? Good morning. Oh, it's not just Monday. We've been doing this for quite a while. Okay. Uh, we try to explain to everyone the safety uh, around internet and internet usage and the risks that people face, uh, and you know, and the issues around bullying around it primarily. And um, when we sit down and talk to kids, we realise that they will. It's very rarely will they bully, bully people face to face, but it's dead easy for them to go ahead and bully each other on the internet. And we we ran a couple of tests around it, and the things that they would say on the internet, they would never say to someone to their face because they felt it was wrong to do that. So how do you so how do you um, do you stop that then, Jerry? What what what, what can you do to stop that? You just need to explain to them that it's it's re- the internet is real, and that footprint will last with you forever and ever and ever. It's you know people will 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 very rarely send another or kids will very rarely take a picture of themselves and give it to another kid, but they'll happily send sometimes inappropriate photographs without realising the impact of it, because they don't believe it's it's real what's happening in the internet. It, well, it, it, you're, that's an excellent way of putting it, Jerry. It doesn't seem real, does it? It's it's kind of this mythical thing, the internet. But once you put something on there, even if it's deleted, it's still kind of out there somewhere, isn't it? Exactly, you know, exactly. And I sit there and explain to youngsters or, or, or even colleagues, uh, you know, when they, when they come here for job interviews, that sometimes employers do big do tests about you and have a look on the internet, and there you are sitting there with, a, with, with 10 points drinking. Is that the person we want to employ as a CEO? 20 years down the line. Now, ten, having a picture of t- 10 pints drinking is one thing. Sending a picture of your bum or your winkle to, uh, okay. uh, to a, a girl or vice versa, that's another thing altogether. And this is a growing problem, isn't it, with, with uh, teenagers, young teenagers? Exactly, and that's what we need to explain to them. Because people do not, do not believe it's real. They believe it's just something that's mythically goes off into it and it'll all disappear. But there it stays forever and ever. So when you talk, uh, and have you had talks specifically about sending um, uh, mucky images, or is that going to be happening soon? No, it's been going on. It's been going on. Um, in my schools in East Arts, it's been going on for okay. about a year. And, and what age uh, uh, students are you talking to? Anybody from the age of 10 upwards. Right. Uh, and it's amazing what, we, what, they, what they disclosed to us they've sent or didn't realise they, they, they said uh, because they thought it was going off into this cloud which is going to disappear. Um, I mean, my PCSO, I was talking to PCSO yesterday, who who came, who gave me this example about reality. They do not realise it's real. Uh, it's when we sit down and explain to them how real this is and the impact it has, that it scares them. 
because the impact is going to have not just now. There's not there's not ten year olds sending mucky pictures, are there? No, it's not. But but the, but the bullying takes place. Right. Right. You know, the, the bullying worries me completely because there you are, you're, you're another 10-year-old, you get this inappropriate text message or, or, or uh, internet message and you're sitting there on your own mm. and you are worried, you know, you've got nobody else because it doesn't, you know, the lonesomeness kicks in there yeah. and, and then it's not just you but then you find a whole group of people picking on you. That's what worries me and that's why that cyberbullying issue of it. Uh, I really try and push through, but it's not just cyberbullying. It's 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 obviously people. I also tar- look at people who've been targeted, elderly people who've been targeted around various phone scams or or internet scams, where they happily pass money across to oh. someone because they're a king somewhere. Yeah, and we we, we spoke about that earlier on in the week, and uh, boy oh boy, those guys dodge pots. Uh, Jerry, listen, it's always good to talk to you. I've got to move on, but thank you very much. Uh, excellent work. If, if, you know, even if you manage to stop one kid sending uh, a picture of uh, their Watsits, then that's got to be uh, worth it, hasn't it? Chief Inspector Jerry MacDonald from Hertfordshire Police. Don't give kids smartphones. Don't give them tablets. Easy. Uh, although I remember there was a, a, a party at my school that some girls had at the age of 15. We'd moved premises for a year at the age of 15, and they they had um, there there was a, a you know they'd taken photographs, yeah. and those photographs were being handed around. I never got to see them. I never got to see them. Probably what was going on in your imagination would have been better. Yeah. Ah. Huh? Well, so it's not a new. Are you bad enough with rumours at my school. Yeah. Never mind if you actually see the footage. I, I, can I hang on a second. Am I really stupid? Yes. Okay. Who said that? Kids shouldn't be allowed to take phones into school, should they? Ah, now. Middle school where I am suggests parents might like give like to give the kids mobile phones because they're walking to and from on their own. You're having a laugh! Nope. This, this seems... Is, I'm talking ten-year-olds. This seems obvious to me. You don't let kids take phones into schools. Maybe they should hand them in. No! And then get them out. No! They what? shouldn't have them. They should not. This is really obvious to me. It's just dawned on me that, I, that I'm missing the obvious thing here. Kids shouldn't be taking phones into schools. What a ridiculous thing to be doing. I remember getting told off because someone, a teacher saw me listening to a Walkman at break time. I always got my Tamagotchi taken off me. <laughs> I got a ring taken must off have me. Hurt. Oh, yeah, that must have hurt even more. Mm. And then it got lost. Yeah. Oh, I was oh. furious. Yeah, the, the, yeah, I bet. This is, I'm, I'm speaking sense, aren't I, parents and uh, older folk. Kids should not be allowed to take phones into schools. What are they, who do they need to phone? Well, there was a, in my school, oh, I'm getting angry now, in my school, Catherine, there was a payphone at the bottom of the stairs. You had to ask permission to use it. Yes. And then you could go and do it. And we used, to, we used to do prank calls at lunchtime. Pretending to be, oh, I'm zippy from Rainbow. Used to phone up people. I, it's zippy from Rainbow. Could, could you put me through to the boss, please? Say, oh, hello, Ian. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, but there was a payphone, and you used to have to ask. Can I? Excuse me, Miss. Can I use the payphone? What's it for? Oh, I've got a phone in mum. Yes. And that, but that was it. No, 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 no. I've, I've got this sus. And I'm going to shock you now. We've had a text through. Do you know how much the minimum call from a payphone is now? Uh, sixty pence. Sixty yeah, p. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember when you could make a phone call for five pence. Isn't that funny? Um... It's obvious. It's obvious to me. Kids should not be, under any circumstance, maybe sixth formers. Beyond, beneath that, what age is sixth formers? 16? Yeah, uh, no, yes. 16, 17. 17. Okay, kids uh, under the age of 16 should not be taking phones to schools. It's that obvious. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Between Amersham and Chorleywood, there are queues building up on the A404 Amersham Road between Stony Lane and Common Road. Having a look at the speed sensors through Dunstable on the High Street, that's looking quite slow in both directions. And into Hitchin on Mormead Hill, that's also very slow at the Parkway and Wibbly Wobbly Lane through the roadworks. On the M25, no major problems through the Hertfordshire stretch, but further afield clockwise there's a lane blocked just after the QE2 bridge. And on the trains, East Coast are reporting 10-minute delays between Stevenage and London King's Cross because of a signalling problem. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A Hertfordshire woman's fight to keep her Ministry of Defence house could go before the Supreme Court. Helen Nicholas, the ex-wife of an RAF officer, was served with notice to leave her Bushy Heath home by the MOD back in 2008. Police are investigating a rape in Milton Keynes, which happened in a pub car park on Tuesday night. A woman in her 20s was sexually assaulted in the car park of the Eagle Pub in Eaglestone. And a taxi driver from Watford will be sentenced today for helping a jihadist return to the UK from Syria. Tahir Bharti drove his cousin Imran Kawaja back from Bulgaria after he'd faked his own death. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes-Dons have won both Football League awards for League One for January. Carl Robinson is Manager of the Month, Deli Ali is Player of the Month, but the boss says it's not about individuals. We will be doing a picture as a team with, with the awards. Right. It will be me and all my staff and all of my players with the two awards in front of all of us. That's what we are. We're a team is together. We understand that we get the award for, for obvious reasons, yeah. but it's not because of me. It certainly isn't. So I think it's a nice touch of me and Deli that we, but we want to pitch with everybody. In tomorrow's matches, Watford host Blackburn in the Championship. Alman Abdi and Fernando Forestieri could return after injury. It's second versus first in League One as the Dons host Bristol City. In League Two, Luton go to Oxford with new signings Ryan Hall and Nathan Adua set to feature. Wickham go to Cambridge and Stevenage are away to Mansfield with new loan signings Bruno Andrade and Danny Johnson available. The sale of the Premier League's lucrative live television rights begins today. The latest auction covers the seasons from 2016 to 2019. Fierce competition between broadcasters could see the price they pay for each match reach £8 million. Here's the BBC Sports editor Dan Rowan. Some analysts predict today's auction for the Premier League's live television rights could result in a remarkable 60% increase on the current three-year deal, for which Sky and rivals BT paid £3 billion between them. 168 games are up for grabs more than ever before, including Friday night matches for the first time. But while another bumper deal will delight the Premier League, it will also result in fresh calls for more of their riches to be redistributed and used to help bring down ticket prices. Rugby's Six Nations Championship starts tonight with Wales versus England in Cardiff. Bedford Rugby Club are at home to Plymouth tomorrow. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. on calling me down the road is where I'll always be every stop I make I make a new friend can't stay for long just turn around and I'm gone again maybe tomorrow I want to settle down until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on down the 
road that never seems to end when you adventure lies just around the bend so if you want to join me for a while just grab your hand come travel like that's hobo style maybe tomorrow i want to settle down until tomorrow the whole world is my home so Somewhat Joe has posted, uh, we're talking about kids taking phones into schools and, and uh, we've got Kiri, Kevin and Barry lined up. We'll come to you in a second. Uh, and Joe has reminded me, of course, not often we do the nostalgia thing, but Joe's posted a picture of the phone cards, the green British Telecom phone cards. They were a thing for a while. And then they, uh, I, I don't know but how... They, they worked in certain machines, so it was either a yeah. phone or a cash one. They didn't do it the double... They didn't do the double. Uh, and they, they very cleverly made them collectible. Mm. Like, they, what were they? Like pictures of pop stars or pi- stuff? They'd put pictures on them, yeah. They'd have scenery on them or, um, yeah. I think some of them are still worth a few quid. They'll be like an Elvis or a Beatles one or something. Olympics and stuff, didn't they? I bet um, I bet the Royal Wedding is on one. But there's a Royal, no, the, they Di- weren't around in 80, were they? Diane and Charles. When did they get married? 82? 82? 82? 82, number nine. Uh, 82. I thought it was a later thing. Let's have a look. Have a look on Google, isn't it? Got... Falling down the rabbit hole now. Phone <laughs> cards. Barry's from Luton. Morning, Barry. Hello, Ian. What you got for us, boss? Uh, well, first of all, I don't always agree on what you say and sometimes what, the language you use, but today I agree on exactly what you say about the computers, electrical equipment, all that in in the bedroom. Yeah. I've got, I've got a, an eight-year-old and a, and a six-year-old, and, and they pissed at me absolutely really hard for these things because of children at school yeah they've, they've got all these laptops they're allowed to use this they've got a phone and it as a father it really really frustrates me that i can't keep up with the trends because i want to protect my children well the, the thing it's is when, it, when i was a kid barry it was trainers it was trainers and things like spectrums oh i want to get a spectrum you've got a, you've got a bbc oh i want those nice nike tra- i had dunlops my mum and dad were great at saying no we can't afford it you're not having it mm. uh, and parents seem to have lost the ability to say no to their kids 
Well, the, yeah, yeah, because they want to actually just, pass, you know, pacify them. That's, that's, yeah. that, you yeah. know, give, them, give them a bag of sweets and it keeps them quiet. So have we're, your kids what, Have your kids got anything like this? Tablets or smartphones or computers or anything? No, no. Have you no. got them in the house? I, I've got a computer, but they're, they're only allowed to use it when I'm sitting behind and watching it. Fair enough. And they're eight and six. Now, there can't yeah. be anybody that would argue... Well, hang on a second. Kevin... Hello? Kevin, you, do you, you heard what Barry said? That makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. On that, though, yes, it does, Ian. I can't disagree with that. But you but you, you think I'm being a bit of a dinosaur. In what aspect? With the phone aspect, when yeah. safety reasons, I agree a child should have a phone. I mean, what? they can't carry a payphone round in their pocket, can they? What, what safety reasons? I mean, to, in, when, in your pre, prehistoric era, when you was around... Um, a lot of things didn't go on than they do today. Were well, you talking about kids getting touched up? No, I'm not only... No, because no. I don't know if you saw what happened not to Gary Glitter yesterday, uh, you know, yeah, or Jimmy Savile, yeah. and people, other people yeah. being questioned about historic sexual abuse. So it did, it happened exactly the same amount of times. Yeah. So what, what things are prevalent uh, now that yeah. weren't then? Look at them, their actual, um, how can I put it? They're stars and they, um use their profile to actually do that. Yeah. Whereas um, children walk in the street home from school. Yeah. They're in, in, in public view, aren't they, really? So... Oh, oh, but but, but the, 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 the uh, number of, of, of incidents involving paedophiles has not changed. I don't know, but it was not... In the forefront, it's only Jimmy Savile was brought No, but the number, yeah, well, exactly. So we can educate our kids better. I, I don't understand why they need a phone. Because listen, if I wanted to kidnap a kiddie, right, and it, most of these yeah. things happen within the family, but if I wanted to snatch a kiddie off the street, no, first, no, thing, first not, thing I'd do is I'd nick their phone and smash it. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's not going to protect you. Yeah, but it's not only to do with paedophiles, it's to do with muggings and God knows what yeah, else. Yeah, they're getting mugged for they're getting mugged for their phones, Kevin. <laughs> Yeah, but they still If they have haven't it, got a phone, they won't get mugged for it. Well, true. But then again, it's from a parent's point of view, it's safer to have one than uh, not have Aha. And this is it. This is the thing. I think a lot of this is being done to make the parents feel better. It's a false, it's a false security, a false safety break. Kevin, I'm going to let you go because it's not the greatest of line. Barry, thank you very much indeed. But uh, I, I, you want to stop kids getting mugged. Well, hey, don't give them mobile phones. Don't give them uh, pieces of uh, electronic equipment that cost 500 quid. You shouldn't... Kids should not be taking mobile phones to schools. That seems obvious to me. Obvious to me. 0345... No, hang on, what's the number here? 08459 455 Kiri's in Luton. It's obvious, isn't it? We shouldn't be giving uh, mobile phones to kids to take to school. Um, my son... Good morning. My son has a phone that he takes to school. He's um, 14, um, and sometimes he has to get the bus um, if, I'm, if I'm having to get into work early. Right. And... I want to know that if there's any problems, that he's able to contact me. The same as, um, I mean, when they get to school, they what, have what to problems, have their... What problems might there be? Well, I mean, if the bus breaks down, that... Um, what, you, what would you do about it? You're at work, you get a phone call from your son saying, Mum, the bus has broken down. Well, what, what are you going to do? Get in my car and go and oh, get him. Why? Let him wait for the next bus. It's it's just it's just to protect it's just a, a protection 
really, isn't it? It's a peace of mind for me, and maybe it is for me, but they have to hand their phones in when they get to school. They're not allowed them on them, and then they collect them at the end well, of the day. Well, that's something. That's something. But I don't... Yeah. So, but, but so you... So what, does he have to phone you every time he gets to school to say he's at school? No, not at all. But if something happens, um, it's it's just. I mean, you you go out with a phone every day. Um, and yeah, because I need it. For, I need it for work. I don't like it, and sometimes I leave it at home. But I, I need it for work. What, what, you, your your boy's not getting emails from his agent, is he? Telling him he's got a, he's got a job that afternoon. <laughs> No, but it's just, it, um, it's good for him to have it. I said, the same as if when I'm picking up from school, if I'm running late, I can ring him and just say, look, I'm just going to be a few minutes late. Don't worry. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. If what's, the, what's the longest time you've been late? It might be 10, 15, 20 minutes. Get him to, well, just, just get him to stay there. Why? You don't need to phone him up. We don't need to phone people up and say we're going to be 10 minutes late. It, 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 he'll know that you're, you're on your way and he'll stand there waiting. He's 14 years old. Give him some independence, Kiri. He's, he's crying out for independence. But it's the same as I allow... My, my children are allowed computers. They're not allowed them in their rooms. They have to use them downstairs. I've got parental things on what they can and can't use, and it's just but a... They can get around that. Do, do, do they, does he take his phone up into his bedroom? Um, yeah, but... Then it's irrelevant whether, whether the computer's in his bedroom or not, because the phone can do all of that the computer can do and more. But it's a trust thing, isn't it? You have to put trust in your children. Exactly. So don't. So he doesn't need a phone to go to school. Trust him to go to school. He's fourteen. Yeah, but it's it's not him. It's if something happens, if there's other people around, and you don't know nowadays. There's a lot worse out there there's than not, it ever was. No, there isn't. That's the thing, Kiri. That's the thing. This is the fear that we are instilling in our children. There isn't a lot worse. We know a lot more about it. But there isn't a lot worse. The figures for uh, sexual attacks, specifically against children, have hardly changed in the last 40 years. Okay, but I I just think that, God forbid, something happened and I said, right, okay, you can't have your phone. And if something had happened, I just think for him to have had his phone on him, it's just. Thank goodness let's, had it just in case. Let's move this to one side, because I don't want to say this about your son. There's one thing, though, okay. I wanted to say. This phone, is it a smartphone? No. No, it's just a, just a standard phone. He hasn't got a smartphone. So can it go on the internet? Um, no, we don't give... He's okay. got no allowance. Supposing, supposing a child has a phone in case something happens, I'm not talking about yeah. your son here, that kid gets yeah. knocked over. Well, 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 what help is the phone going to be? I don't, I don't I can't think of a situation, uh, apart from something really extreme, where a phone is going to be much help. OK, but do you just not think that if you're running late for even... I mean, no. I know he knows I'm going to be there, but yeah. what if... I don't understand. What's your concern of him having a phone to go to school? I don't... He doesn't need one. He doesn't need one. And it puts pressure on my kids because they want one and they don't need them. And you know what? They ain't going to get them. But if you're there... I just, I, as I said, for me, it's just my peace of mind to know that he's got it. It's just... Kiri, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. If you're going to be 10 minutes late, you're going to be 10 minutes late. Say to him, I'll pick you up at 3.30. There's a chance it might be 10, 15 minutes late. I think Kiri summed it up there. And, and thanks, Kiri, because I know that you got a bit of a battery in there. But no, she took it, she took it she well, took it well I, I, but, and she did a good job. But thank she you, admitted Kiri. that it was for her peace yeah. of mind, really. It's more for the parents than for the kids, isn't it? Kiri, excellent call. Make sure you call again. Thank you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the A1 Great North Road, there are still queues building up from the St. John's Junction, St. Neots Junction down towards the Black Cat Roundabout. That's because of the roadworks that are there. On the A5 southbound, looking at speed sensors, it's very busy from Lynch Hill towards the M1 Junction 9 for Redbourne. And in High Wycombe, it's quite busy now on the A40 Abbeyway flyover uh, past the University College at the bottom of Marlow Hill. In Bricketwood, on the A405 North Orbital Road, it's slow around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And also on the A41 southbound, it's slow from the two waters turn off towards the M25. But there's no reports of any delays on the M25 or problems so far on the trains. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Coming up after the weather, we will speak exclusively to Paul Scoynes, political reporter. He's got some breaking news. But before that, let's do these headlines. A Hertfordshire woman, uh, a fight to keep her Ministry of Defence house, could go before the Supreme Court. Police are investigating a rape in Milton Keynes, which happened in a pub car park on Tuesday night. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. Well, it's a frosty, icy start to the day, but pretty bright in prospect. Lots of sunny spells around, but a biting northeasterly wind. Temperatures reaching 5 degrees Celsius. It's fairly clear to start off the night, but uh, cloud increases from the northwest in the early hours, and we'll probably see a few spots of drizzle as well. But uh, the wind should ease, and for many, it will stay above freezing overnight. So tomorrow, a cloudy day, more of that drizzle around. Not necessarily for everybody, but it's probably going to be feeling a bit damper um, and slightly warmer as well, with lighter winds temperatures up to six degrees celsius and a frosty start to sunday but uh, brighter spells and looking largely dry monday and tuesday looking more cloudy but generally it's going to be feeling a bit more settled perhaps some foggy nights but slightly warmer as well that's your latest forecast uh, let's go to Paul Scoynes. We were talking earlier in the week uh, about the uh, application for a girls' school that was uh, was supposed to be opening in Luton, uh, and we found out this week that the government had uh, removed its support of this, and, and we sent Paul Scoynes to the, uh, in inverted commas, site, and, and it was a bit of a site, wasn't it, Paul? There was nothing there. Yeah, that's right, Ian. It was an absolute uh, sort of empty bit of waste ground. It was an old factory, had been used as a uh, kind of, a, I think, a builder's... Paul, Paul, listen, what we're going to do is we're going to get you on a, on, a, on a landline because that signal keeps dropping out and this is an important story and I want to make sure that we, uh, we get to hear you without dropping you. So Kelly's going to call you up uh, on a landline and we can hear that. But this was, this was a story about uh, a girls' school, uh, an academy, I think. I never quite know the difference. Uh, and it was supposed to be happening in September. They were a little bit vague with us, a little bit vague with us and wouldn't let us go and have a chat with them and talk to them. And, um, well, as we say, this week it was announced that um, the, 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 the support from the government had been withdrawn. Paul, we've got you back on a landline. Sorry for that. What, what, what's the story now? Well, what I've just learnt this morning from uh, the MP, Gavin Chuka, he's just sent me a response to his written question that he put into the Department of Education this week. And we were trying to work out whether or not any government funds would have been used uh, so far in the setup of the school, even though, as you say, nothing happened and it was just a big flat expanse of concrete and uh, and sort of piles of rubble. Um, I sort of estimated from you know previous experience of how much it cost to put an application into a free school that it was going to be around twenty thousand pounds or so. I was way wide of the mark. Um, one hundred and eighty thousand pounds is how much has been spent on this failed project. And you say uh, spent, Paul? Is that all government money? 
Yeah, the government uh, received two project development grant payments from the Department of Education, uh, totaling £180,000. This went to Ace Trust Limited, which was the, uh, the sort of owners of the school, the owners who we have been unable to contact over several months and indeed certainly in the last week or so we've made repeated attempts to contact the uh, the backers behind the school without success we've tried you know uh, i think probably over a period of a year to try and get them to be interviewed and nobody's come where, to the uh, Paul where would that 180,000 pounds gone we know they had a website yeah we I, don't I, know I, much else. <laughs> we don't know much else. I mean, I suppose they would have made some inquiries about procuring the land. They would have made some inquiries about starting up costs, uh, maybe looking into sort of spending some of the money on temporary classrooms, that sort of things. I'm purely speculating here, Ian, because we just do not know. Um, we're not being able to see the published accounts of the company. Um, what we know is that the government is now going to take steps to recover any unspent funds. Oh, OK. Well, this could get interesting, couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so whether or not anything has been, you know, put together, or, you know, we, we just don't know what, what amount of this money already given to this company has been spent. So I'll keep an eye on that and we'll hopefully have something a bit more concrete next week. Sorry, Paul, excellent stuff. Well, well it, was, it was a weak one. But, Paul, uh, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> thank you very much for that, Paul. Have a good weekend. You too. Ta ta. There we go, you see. Exciting stuff, huh? That's, that's going to turn into a story. It was me that raised up the question of. How much money they've been given? Well done. Thanks very much. Here's your badge. I'm like a journalist. <laughs> hey, that's not a badge. That's a finger. Hey, Mark in Bedford. As a teacher, I had a, a year two parent who asked for advice as her eight-year-old son wouldn't get out of bed until his favourite programme had finished. Oh, for goodness sakes. The advice I suggested throwing the telly out of the window. He had a telly in his room. This is the, the, the threat in my house at the moment, and boy, does it get things done, and boy, I'm going to act on it. You keep up that behaviour. We've only got one TV. So right? we. That television is going in the garage for a week. You can't do it. It's not yours. It's mine. It's mummy's. No, son, it's mine. You keep that. And I've gone, I've, I've put it in the garage before now. And I, I go, and if I start unplugging that TV, boy, oh boy, does their behaviour change instantly. And it will go in the, it will go in the garage at some point because they'll push it. As soon as the telly goes they on in my house, it. everything slows down. Yep. So, not, I mean, when it's on my watch, because obviously I'm not there when they're getting ready for school in the mornings, yep. but they do not get the telly on no. until everything else is done. I want one more penguins in Madagascar. You've had two, that's your limit. Get upstairs in that bath. And I'll be honest, that's not the best way to speak to my wife, but sometimes. Penguins um, of Madagascar's good, though. It fair, is, play. It, it, fair play, it is brilliant. But honestly, it, it, it doesn't get up until the programme on, on the TV in his bedroom is finished. Chuck it out the window. I think a lot of parents forget that they're supposed to be mum or dad and not mate. Yep. Yeah, oh, it's got me angry. That has. Listen, we've got look, we've got more texts. We'll, we'll do those at the end. I know we've got we've got um, we've got Matt in, in a second, but I want to just squeeze in a couple of calls. Mr. T's on the line. Morning, fool. How you doing, you crazy fool? Yay! <laughs> Friend of the show. It's Britain's premier, Mr. T impersonator. Morning, boss. You're right. Morning, Ian. I just wanted to say I love the fact that you're a dad after my own heart. I'm the same way. Uh, the only difference is um, I'm a bit more of a techno geek, so uh, the kids do have uh, iPads. But the thing is, I monitor everything they do. I could tap in and see what they're doing. Oh, so you've got it linked up to like a, ma a, a mainframe, and you at any point oh, you press yeah. a button, you can see where they're, what they're looking at. I'm a key control freak, right? Yeah, yeah, they shut it down, you know. <laughs> how, old are the, how, old are the how old are the kids in your house, T? We've got a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. And you let them, but I mean, it still sits on... Have they got their own iPads? 
say to you, one has an iPad and an iPad mini. The reason why I did get it is because, you know, you're buying those VTEX and all those other type of, I guess you could say, child-friendly tablets. Yep. Yep. And they were almost costing as much as an iPad. Yeah, they're, they're toys. These things, yeah, these things, they don't grow with the child. An iPad, an adult would use. So the thing is, I control the apps that they buy. I control the websites that they go to, which they don't, because I deleted Safari. And I control pretty much everything. It's pretty much a an amazing VTech, you know what I mean? That's about it. They've so, not got uh, phones, have they, T? Oh, no, no, because the thing is, I don't believe in phones, because parents always wonder, how do the bad guys get to your child? You have to do a risk assessment and see which risk is better, oh. to be able to get in touch with my child or to be able to put a pedophile in their pocket, because that's what you're doing. You're putting a pedophile in that child's pocket, a direct link to the outside world. This is Big Toy. Mr. T, thank you very much indeed. I love that. He, and he is a, he's a techno geek, proper geek. He's done a risk assessment on it. That's good, isn't it? That is good. And he looks like Mr T. <laughs> and he looks like Mr T. Always good to talk to you, T. Nigel's on the line. Morning, Nigel. Morning. Hello, Ian. How are you? Yeah, what you got for us, boss? Um, it was just about the um, phone stuff. Um, can I just take you back to the 80s when we were running around as kids and stuff like that? If yep. you hurt yourself yes. and if you injured yourself, you could go over to any house and knock on the door and go, oh. excuse me, mister, <laughs> could, we, could, could we phone my mum because I've hurt my hand? Do you know what? He's, I'd forgotten that. You could. You could knock on strangers' doors and go and use their phone. Uh, no, yeah, I nowadays, think boys maybe. I was never told to do that. <laughs> well, I, I agree with that. I mean, but nowadays... Nobody will answer their door because if you did that as a kid, they yeah. would start be looking. Right, okay, where's the next one? Where's the one who's going to run in behind me and nick all my money? And um, also, they be, also they'd be worried about looking like a paedophile as well, letting letting uh, a, a, a yeah. nine-year-old kid in their house. Hence, hence the reason why my children have got phones, so that if there is an incident when my uh, son is playing football and he hurts himself, he can he can dial nine nine nine, or he can phone dad and say, Dad, it's raining, come and pick me up. And take me home. How old That's is he? The main co- he's fourteen, and he, he's he's because he doesn't want dad down there all the time, watching no. and sitting and waiting for him. So and going round friends' houses, we can he can contact what? us and say that. Maybe uh, and we got we got to move in a second. So I want to squeeze yeah, yeah, in, Matt. But but maybe. <sighs> Maybe f- there is a big difference between 13 and 14, isn't there? There is a significant yes. difference. And maybe well, 14 is a bit more of a reasonable age so than 16. Just you know, I didn't allow them to have it until they went to senior school. Um, they didn't have any sort of games consoles in their room until they were at senior school. Yeah. Now he's got everything because he wants to contact with his friends and he's, you, you hear him laughing and hear them laughing upstairs yeah. and enjoying themselves. And that's what I like to hear. Nigel, uh, listen, excellent call. Call earlier next time so we can spend a bit longer. Matt! Yes, hello. You say you didn't like reggae music earlier. How are you? I said I did like reggae music. You enjoyed this week? Oh, it's been great, yes. Just trying to have a conversation, mate. Oh, all right, to... I, mean, I just saw we're in a bit of a rush. We are in a little bit of a oh, rush. Right, okay. Three minutes is a long time in radio. Is it really? Especially yes. Have you enjoyed this week and a half of working on the show? I've had a fabulous couple of weeks, and on Monday you have a professional who knows what they're doing. Hey, Justin Dealey, I wonder if you found Carl Malcolm, eh, Fatty Boom Boom? I've calmed so. down. Mm. What's been the highlight of the week for you, Matt? Oh, just, uh Drinking coffee at uh, 5.30 in the morning. Today you got hassled by some drunks, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Okay. And it's in this piece. Well, should we have a listen? Yeah. What's, what's, what's the theme? You don't like reggae, I do. You're an idiot. Take it to the streets. <laughs> Every weekday from Oh, no, three. hang on a second. Here we go. Try again. Uh, you're listening to some music this morning. Yeah, Where yeah. do you stand on reggae music? Uh, yeah, I like reggae music, man. It has changed so much, you know, like... Uh, you know, now we've got, like, Sean Paul, you know, like, back in the days we got, like, Bob Marley and, uh, you know, them 80s, them classic... 
now it's changed so much now, you know, and uh, yeah, it's quite it's quite cool now, you know, it's still going. It's still I going like far. you because Ian Lee in the studio, yeah. he doesn't like reggae music, he thinks it's rubbish. <laughs> Does he? Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends, it depends. Oh, you're being too nice. Hello, What's your fate? Wait a minute. How are you doing? I'm all right, not so bad. Where are you from? Uh, BBC Three Counties oh, Radio. How's it going, brother? Yes. It's going okay. Yeah. The BBC competition. You're slightly scaring me, you've just kind of come up to me. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you very much. You're only messing. Okay. Right. So they they've gone now. Right. Here's. So what song do you want then? Jimmy Cliff. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. This is a nice one. Yeah. Yeah. You can get it if you really want, right? Do you want to sing along with me? Here we go. I, listen. You can get it if you really. And on that bombshell, we have to say goodbye, Matt. That was excellent. Thank you for risking your life and your limb. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's still quite slow on the A1 Great North Road from the St Neots Junction down to the Black Cat Roundabout because of the roadworks. On the A602 in Stevenage, it's slow in both directions between the A1M Junction 8 for Stevenage and the Hitchin Junction at Gosmore Road. In Mark 8 on the A5 southbound, it's quite busy between Lynch Hill and the M1 Junction 9 for Redbourne. And in Wadston on the A41 eastbound, it's very slow looking at the speed sensors between Black Grove Road in Wadston and Hayden Road in Aylesbury. And on the M25 Junction 21A roundabout on the North Orbital Road. It's quite busy around there. There are no reports of any problems actually on the M25 or on the other motorways, the M1 and the A1M all moving fine at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Samantha, thank you. Uh, if you. We only played half of that report from Matt Lockwood. It sounded very threatening and very dark. I hope he... Um, you were right at the end of Matt, Matt. I felt a bit sorry for you. Just about. It was a bit scary. A little bit unpleasant. We'll put the whole of that in the podcast. You can hear the whole tense exchange. Thank you, Matt. Excellent stuff the last couple of weeks. Uh, thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Kelly. Dealey is back on Monday. So are we, six o'clock, bright and early. Until then, from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. We've made it, everyone. It's Friday. And on today's big phone-in, do you agree with the Pope that it's OK to smack children but not round the face? The Pope